What does everybody want? What does everybody need? Well, it's not letting me get rid of the background. So I'm going to delete the background, see if that does anything. Nope, it okay. didn't. Oh, we're there, gentlemen. We're there. Uh, do you guys see yourselves on the screen or is the background still up? I have the background still up. Wow, that's crazy. I have the background still up. And also, um, I can see me as a thumbnail in the corner oh. of my screen, but I can't see anybody else. Oh, uh, you know why? You know why? Nope. Because I clicked on the wrong damn thing. <laughs> We're learning here, folks. We're learning. No worries. All right. It's live so, radio, man. Yeah. Right? <laughs> let me let me click on this other one. There we go. All right. That's the right one. Holy shit. There we go. I can see me. <laughs> hey, what's going on, everybody? Um, thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, as you can see, I started my own new show here, Saturday Night Anarchy. Thanks for joining us. Um, and I got some pretty cool guests on tonight. Um, I got Nature Boy. I got Harlan, Vance, and number six. And we're just going to have a good time shooting the shit. So please uh, bear with us and enjoy. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah, up, fellas? Uh, what's up, Tom? It's great to be here. Sorry about the, uh, the usual messing up of the intros. I, I guess that's a, a thing. Uh, hey. But... Uh, we we uh, have uh, some new stuff for everybody. Uh, we got some fam in the background there. It's always good to see them, Tom. It's yeah, good to see that's them. Isaiah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 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 sort of a family show here, but it is anarchy, isn't it? I mean, Absolutely. we're allowed to do what we want. Um, this this hey, is anarchists uh, are allowed to have families too, brother. <laughs> so we. Um, you know, we wanted to continue the conversation on Saturday nights, and I think this is a great way to do it. I'm happy to be here. Uh, we'll, we'll get the intro down, but I'll let other people speak now. <laughs> so, well, uh, Harlan, why don't you tell us, uh, you know, tell the people hello and everything there. <laughs> hello, people and little children. How y'all doing tonight? Yes. <laughs> What's up, Vance? How are you doing tonight? Oh, he's muted. You're muted, Vance. Is, I unmuted. There, there you go. go. <laughs> falling down the stairs. Yeah, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yanking on my mic right now, but nothing's happening. Uh, on it really hard, folks. We probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, great to be here and, and glad to be involved and uh, look forward to it. So let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Nature hey, um, I just want to say way cool. Uh, Snoopy already tipped us 10 bucks. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Appreciate it very much. Thanks, MJ. We'll try That's to put a cool. put a decent show on for you tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But let's let let's let Nature Boy say hello to the people. Oh, sorry. How y'all doing? Can you hear me? Yes, yes sir. Coming okay. up good. Coming good. Cool. 
because I can't, but that's okay. I hear myself all the time, so I'm cool. So, Tom, uh, what, do you, what do you think we should uh, start with today's discussion? Um, Did you Harlan have and I, uh, last week, we just I, I asked him a question about um, their trailers getting stolen. So he wanted to kind of go into that a little bit. And I'm kind of interested because I'd like to know, like, how often does this happen or, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, because I had Ken, Ken Silva from Headline USA tell me last week when he was a guest that uh, ammonium nitrate was like disappearing off of fucking uh, the backs of trains or something like that, too. Like right. all of a sudden, like all this boom, boom stuff, all the bad explosive stuff we all learned about after 9-11 and things and OKC is just on the loose somewhere. How the fuck does that happen? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, I, I, <laughs> thank, thank you, man, for being the voice of reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, you know. Hey, mistakes were made. Mistakes yes. were made. <laughs> so, Harlan, how, how, how often does this kind of stuff go on? Well, uh, Donna, to start out with, uh, you know, they've always been breakthroughs as long as they've been not only trucking, but even, you know, when it was just, you know, trains in America and wagons. And, you know, that's the reason why all the kids, uh, a lot of folks, you know, saw the Westerns and you had somebody riding shotgun, you know, going across, you know, the, when the West was being settled things. But, you know, it's, it's nothing new. As you know, most anybody you know should uh, kind of know, but basically, what I'm getting is here lately, they've been an uptick of freight. Theft. Tom asked me, you know, kind of straightforward about hijacking. I'm not really, you know, seeing anything about hijacking trucks like, you know, catching somebody out here. Somebody hell, somebody just fell out of a tree there. Something where's that noise coming from? It was Vance. I I, I have you muted again, Vance, just so you know. But we'll yeah, we'll wait till you got, want to chime in again. I more. appreciate that. I've got, excuse me, folks. I've I've got this new headset. It's a lot louder than what my last one was, so it's kind of hard to ignore that. But but anyway, uh, back to what I was saying. I did when Tom had uh, you know brought that up to me. Uh, we was talking about some other stuff and got sidetracked, but I did tell him about a video I was listening to last week on uh, I allegedly over on YouTube. A guy named Dan's got a channel I listen to, you know, some videos sometimes. And he said somewhere out in California that there was a whole trailer load of Hennessy uh, liquor had got hijacked and it's supposed to have been worth, you know, over a half a million dollars. And I don't think that was, you know, like run up and stick a gun in somebody's face type hijacking. Where a lot of this freight theft comes from is, you know, kind of the old school way of the last 20, 30 years is, you know, they catch a trailer sitting somewhere and they just steal it off the back of it or if it's at a drop yard or where a driver goes home and he leaves it sitting there or, you know, in the truck stop itself, you know, while they're asleep, you know, things like that can happen. I reckon there's been a big uptick in that, but where a lot of the more sophisticated theft is coming from is where that there's still an identity of carriers slash trucking companies. And then, you know, uh, falsely picking up the load or having a legitimate trucking company go pick it up and they're having the load delivered somewhere else or to a cross dock 
or, you know, they're selling the load to someone else and, you know, everything's already went wrong before anybody really, you know, finds out. And usually when they do, it's all the parties that can be, you know, seen or, you know, legitimate uh, companies that they're not, you know, in the participation of doing the stealing. You guys get what I'm saying? Well, I, when you talk about a bunch of Hennessy disappearing, I'm thinking of the suspects that they would line up for something like that. Because um, what I know of Hennessy, probably. Come on, I'm, my vote is not Caucasian um, with no. the Henny, but I do know, I do know some people that get downs with it. But uh, yeah, if it was a bunch of like bush beer or something like that, I'd be like, all right. Oh, that's when you go down, you see Bubba. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, it's like Bubba, dude. Here's how you get to do well, it. Well, have you ever drinking that stuff before? Uh, Henny is way too sweet, dude. Way yeah, too sweet. I mean, brandy. it's not the best of cognacs, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, not is the king of beers. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, right? <laughs> just to show you, and Tom, it's beautiful. It looks like because when you lean to the left a little bit, it looks like the cat is sitting on your right shoulder, and I fucking love it. Oh, it does. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> <laughs> That's Delilah. That's she's Delilah. a daddy's girl. Oh yeah, <laughs> we love we love the animals here too. But yeah, sure. um, yeah, with the Hennessy stuff, man, I you know i have heard and, and and heard from people that i've known that have worked for these trucking companies and things of that nature about stuff disappearing off the back of the truck mm-hmm. uh, i didn't necessarily grow up in an era um that had well them boys that would work with the stuff from the back of the truck as much uh, we, we might know some friends that know some people but um you know i i can only say that not only am i not shocked about it but just like the, the black market that's created there I mean, as we're seeing uh, inflated costs of everything, I'm sure liquor has gone up. I haven't really purchased it the past three years because I've been sober. But um, I'm sure that the cost of that, along with everything else in life going up, probably going to create even more of a pressure on these uh, truckers to let loose some of their loads, for lack of a better term, tonight. Um, And, uh, yeah, make some money with it because why the fuck not? I mean, why, why, would you, well, why would you not want to? My, <laughs> most of hit. this is, you know, just basic criminal activity. Yeah. Uh, where I think that, you know, as far as any kind of inside job is going on in this day and time is mostly on some of these setups for sophisticated, you know, theft. And it's probably came from someone that's worked in, you know, for a brokerage or a logistic company or a larger trucking company that's got the data and they can map out how to steal this stuff, you know. Well, it sounds as as all, sorry to interrupt. Uh, well, I was just going to say, you know, and, I, and I'm not just, you know, simping for truck drivers in general because, like I've, I've said before on this show and many others, you know, most of us truck drivers ain't like cops and nurses. We're not going to sit here and say, oh, no, there's no such thing as a scumbag nurse. And no, there's no such thing as, you know, a her abusing cop or anything. But, um, you know, most of this stuff, when you haul it, it ain't what that you think the majority of the time. You know, it's like, you know, I've got a load of potatoes on here. I'm okay. Uh, how many damn potatoes are you going to eat? You know what I'm saying? And I mean, I wouldn't climb up into some bitch again, you know, after I put the load lock on to try to steal a potato. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, yes, they are some that I'm sure 
is probably involved on some of these higher value loads. But a lot of this stuff, there's not the opportunity there for people to do, you know, to get their hands on it and do anything with it. And they're so far away from home. You, you guys see what I'm saying? Um, but a lot of it, you know, from uh, what I'm gathering, it's still the same. Oh, you know, in big cities down along the border, you know, Texas, California, and Chicago is supposed to be the still the three biggest ones. You know, there was problems with the mob, you know, in the like to the eighties and stuff like that up in the northeast, of course. But um, yeah, there's, there's a lot more level of sophistication. Are you really to tell you the truth about it? It looks like to me the last person that you would want to, you know, involve in something big would be the driver these days because you're going to have somebody there that's caught red-handed and they're going to squeal like a pig. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's well, just so sophistication. Like I've seen it with HSBC Bank recently uh, because I've uh, I'm on BitChute, uh, which is a European platform. Uh, with the, you can find the replay of this later on BitChute. But they called out HSBC Bank for being involved in the drug trade because HSBC Bank was helping drug dealers launder their money. Uh, this gigantic yep. bank. So, I mean, it's it's quite possible that corruption like that works its way up through the system if it gets all the way up to the bank that owns the fucking company. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's entirely plausible. I mean, but you you would know more about the system itself and how that works and how the sort of the chain of command you know would work in a situation like that i can only speculate how many people are involved and you know who handles that type of stuff i've never worked a type of logistics job or anything like that so um but yeah plenty, well, plenty of room for I'm thinking, uh what, what i'm thinking i'll say yes and uh, we'll let nature boy jump in there he, he was wanting to jump in there a second ago but what I'm thinking is, you know, you could have uh, where it, way it would probably happen if it was coming from that direction is somebody that is basically just sitting over in a cubicle. They're being able to watch how everything works, you know, things of that nature, put one and one together with two and three and five and six and A, B and C. You see what I'm saying? You know, and they could set back basically and more a lot of this freight too, you know, me and uh, Jason Barker and uh, way cool Snoopy was talking about this few weeks on the foxhole where you've got some many of these places now that is on, you know, that's basically emailing and apps and it's hard to get some person on the phone and uh, a lot of loads has went in that direction. Okay. You basically could have someone that's sitting over here with VPN on one part of the world, you know, facilitating the theft of this freight. You know, that's just where a lot of your higher level stuff's going to. Now, there's still the, you know, the tried and true, see something that you can sell and get rid of it. I actually listened to a video last night that was talking about some of this on YouTube, uh, you know, trying to search around, see if there's anything going on that I hadn't heard of. Now, they've been some things, if you go Google, like some armed hijackings in uh, South America and Australia and stuff, but I've not seen anything here recently, you know, in America, unless, you know, I've missed it. But anyway, you still have the same old in Chicago, New Orleans, you know, Memphis, L.A., you know, see something, you know, when a trailer's sitting still, 
and go off the back of it or grab the trailer and go on. The problem is nowadays was like stealing whole trailers and trucks. And I'm not saying this doesn't happen because there's still trucks get stolen in Miami area you know, about every day and they know how to get around some of these GPS trackers and these e-logs and stuff. It's just the simple fact most of them has got, you know, GPS on them so they can sit there and follow them. Tell us what you think, Nature Boy. I think it's organized. Don't know if it's to the level of organized crime, but somebody definitely knows what they're doing if they're able to take and basically rearrange the shipping routes through whatever means and have a criminal pull up to a warehouse and have the right bill of lading and get that load and take that load off. So it, I could see it being somebody, if there's going to be done at an individual level, like you said, Harlan, somebody works in an office, somebody that's familiar with the dispatching software, trying, you know, basically just rerouting stuff instead of saying it's company ABC, it's going to be company ABL. ABL is the fraudster. He pulls up, takes it, it's gone. Now, I have a question about the Hennessy. I don't drink Hennessy, but how did it get stolen? Was the trailer itself stolen and then it just disappeared? Was it offloaded as it was parked? Or how did the Hennessy get ripped off? I have no idea. He just mentioned it. And I listened to probably about 10 minutes of a 30-minute video. And um, I got a call or had to stop or something. And I never did go back and listen to the rest of it. And I oh, couldn't okay. find it last night. He was just, you know, kind of matching hit with how a lot of stuff out in California, you know how it is about the CBS is getting robbed and the petty theft and can't arrest somebody unless it's over a thousand, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm living it, brother. I'm living it. Now, Harlan, if sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You no, no, boy. you're good, man. You're good. Um, so let's say somebody did hijack your truck. <clears throat> is there a tracking system on the truck? So, or how does that work? Okay, uh, like let's say, like for some reason, we'll we'll play your 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 dream there for a minute. If some reason, if they could get me out of the truck, kill me, or you know whatever. Um, okay. First of all, they'd need to know how to drive the truck. This truck here would be a lot easier to drive. I, you know, any of you guys could drive this truck. You could get under the wheel. And the only thing that you would need to know is how to release the brakes and how to flip it in gear. Cause it's automatic. But with that being said, you know, these trailers has got trackers on them. This truck has got, you know, an e-log in it. You know, everything's being tracked at all times. So, you know, but, you know, it, you know, won't run about 70 miles an hour. So basically the, the worst could come out of it would be, you know, just to the point how long it takes the police to find out to know that it's been stolen. You see what I'm saying? And, and I'll give a couple other scenarios. Let's say this trailer that I went down here and dropped it in the truck stop. And, um, and, you know, I separated from the trailer and I went over to Walmart or, you know, went just, just wherever, say I'm over in Missouri. So I'm going to go over at Jason Barker's house late tonight. And somebody hooks up to the trailer. I'm gone a couple hours and, you know, I went back and, you know, and the trailer wasn't there, you know, and I just, I called into my boss and after I took a good cussing, you know, <laughs> I don't even know if he'd even do that, but I'm just saying a lot, a lot of them would. But, uh, you know, he'd get right on his phone 
and, you know, he'd see where it's at and he'd call the police. Now, you know, somebody that that's brazen that has any knowledge at all, they would probably know that most of these are tracked nowadays mm-hmm. and they may have a GPS jammer or something. Like that. Or no, I, just, I don't throw it on the level of sophistication. If it's, I'm in transportation, it, it all depends on if it's the rig itself. It, that's easier, I believe, said than done because the GPS and all that integrates in with the ECMs and the other yeah. computers that run it. Yeah, there's, there's so, new ones. That's correct. Right. Now, if it's just a trailer with a geotag on it or something like that, or some basic type of geolocation device, that can be disabled, that can be ruined, which would probably be the easiest way to do it if you had some type of a, a GPS mobile meter or something. Just use that to find out where it is, disable device, boom, boom, pickety, pickety, pow, it's gone. The load's offloaded, and the trailer gets driven across through Mexico with uh, plates, new plates on it, and double whammy. You offload the trailer down in Mexico, you offload the load up here. And if it's stuff like Hennessy, that is a very profitable load because only a dumbass would rip off a trailer full of Bud Light if you could rip off a trailer of Hennessy. So that's well, like especially across selling. borders because people purchase at different levels across borders. So they always oh, yeah. think it's a deal. Like uh, I have friends that during COVID would travel to different states to purchase booze because it was going for so much more like mm-hmm. the stuff that you couldn't get differences in supply chains, whatever, you know, but then also mm-hmm. like being from like the Northeast people going to Canada, like as soon as they'd hop across the Canada, the duty free shops and all that shit, especially back in the day when the exchange rate was good nature boy. I remember that. Damn, you used to be able to go up to Canada and go fucking wild, and the strip clubs were crazy. Now yeah. you just go up there, you get felt up in front of a moose. You know, they're all authoritarian and shit. Just, everything's gone upside down there. When People I lived in Seattle, I used to go up to uh, BC, and um, not, I did go out to Victoria. I went to Vancouver, and it was like a whole other world. It's very fun, very beautiful, very open, very free. Um, very loose on certain laws, which eh, you, you walk along the certain blocks and got to kick needles out of your way. But okay, you just stay away from those blocks. Now, now nah, it's a police state. I have I'd never go up there. I'm not what I'm going to go up there, and you're going to require my my papers, please. Do you have your vaccine papers, please? We need you to get that. Oh, so we need these. And oh, 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 Mr. Alcott, could you please pull over to the uh, inspection stations? Uh, yes, we we want to give you. Snap. I know we don't have the snap of the rubber glove yet. I was just about to say, like, it's it's a new show, so we don't have the snap of the rubber glove given yet. But yeah, that's what they love up there. Yep. Good old Canada. Wow. You know, good country gone bad. Good country gone bad. That's all. Castro (laughs) Jr. has definitely done a number on that country. Yes. Uh, I wonder if he is. Okay, let's just do little little genetics things here. Castro Nothing Jr. like a Tennessee and Canadian accent from Harlan. I'm just saying. You know what I would love to have is an unfettered database of all the global leaders. So you could actually answer some questions. Say Barry Satoro. Okay, who who's Barry's daddy? Is Barry's daddy the Kenyan, or is Barry's daddy Frank Marshall Davis, the head of the Communist Party in Hawaii at the time? Another story. Now let's look at another one. Who's Baba Bush's daddy. Hmm. Is her daddy her real daddy who was married to her mama? Or is her daddy Alistair Crowley who her mama went and spent a couple months with in Paris? And coincidentally, she come back. Ding, 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 ding. Less than nine months later, Baba's <laughs> born. 
<laughs> so, um, and the, the list goes on and on and on. and on. Oh, well, oh, I got I, another I, one. My last one, please. Let me do the last one. I love this. Who's Chelsea's daddy? Hmm. You look at, thank you very much. I swear to God, you look at Webb. He's got that big job of the hut mouth. And that bitch got that same job of the hut mouth. And I'm like, hmm. Who's your daddy? Give me an unfettered genetic database so I could see who your daddy is. Because this shit's weird when you think about this. Then when you start following the lineages, okay, George Bush, right? W H. The well, the granddaddy was um Alistair Crowley <laughs> and Prescott Bush on both sides. That's pretty fucked that's, up, bro. That's pretty sick. That's probably bro. true though. You know it what I mean? Be, it could be boys from Brazil, buddy. Well, I know people that have researched it back all the way to just basically Satan. <laughs> like, where they have connected all these people. The bloodline Ooh, stuff is crazy. You know what crazy, I mean? Like, yeah. I, I want to uh, talk to you. There's a yeah. dude out there. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Um, his name is Fritz Springmeier. I read the book. The bloodlines. You know, okay. I know who it is. Okay. I, all right. Yeah. Um, a listener actually um, really got on me about uh connecting with him and everything and he has done some recent podcasts so I, I would like to connect with fritz and learn more about that uh i'm going to be talking to a guy next week on tmp live uh, named silas guthier and i haven't had him on in a while and it sucks because i would have had him on so much more but he's from scotland and then we had like the whole time zone thing going on with the we started recording too like we used to record at night like this and now we're a morning show fuck um that's John Henry's fault. But uh, <laughs> and then uh, but Silas talks about a lot of that stuff and in ancient history and those things, too. And that's just a point with me where, like, I feel like such a fucking noob. Like when I hear some of these guys go on because they have just that like the Jordan Maxwell types, you know, that they, they read all this shit in the library. Like they hustled to get this information. It's kind of what we were talking about before offline. Right. Where it's just like now things are so fucking easy. Like, it's so much easier for me to get the work of a Fritz Springmeier or a person like that, discover all of their work and, and, and try and read it as much as I can of it in a weekend. But like back in the day, man, you never used to have those opportunities. So, um, you know, and because well, they didn't want you to know that the dude wrote a book about the bloodlines. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they can only hide this stuff for so long. You know, well, when Vance, it comes to stuff like that. Or, or can you not speak? Uh, I don't know. I, I accidentally you muted Vance before. There we go. Not, am I not muted? You're unmuted now, sir. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I thought was, I was still in the chat, and I just want the live audience to hear what you said in the chat. Deja vu. That's interesting. Deja vu, Vance. Deja vu. <laughs> now, the, uh, uh, according to Burke's Peerage, which is apparently a you know rec uh, reputable you know genealogy you know site that you know has great you know confidence anyway they supposedly queen elizabeth you know traces back to muhammad and and i'm pretty sure that she's like you know at least king charles i think has made comments about you know that and then also uh, tracing back to vlad the impaler and uh, and according to just the limited amount of research I did after hearing that is that the only real controversy is is that uh, the uh, 
the person that she supposedly traces back to may have been just married into Muhammad's family and not a blood relation. But, you know, to me, it's like, okay, so, you know, big deal, you know. <laughs> so, so, so that's interesting anyway. Oh, that's cool, man. I'm, I'm glad you had that to add because like that, again, it's, it's fascinating to me because it's nothing that, uh, and I'm, I'm just going to mute you because of the noise in between. Um, and then just, uh, maybe, maybe throw something in the private chat Vance, when you want to interject and I'll bring you back in just, just for like the sake of the, the audio production stuff. Um, but <clears throat> no, when you, when you get into like the bloodline stuff and you mention things like that, those little nuggets, um, I like to cling on to stuff like that too, because uh, I'm, I'm learning here. Like this is a constant process where I'm I'm intrigued to meet new people that have knowledge like that and can be able to drop stuff like that on me. Uh, so that's why I'm glad that you're here. That's why I'm glad that we have a group of people like this here. And also, I mean, Harlan, you're coming at a bunch of, uh, well, I'm just going to speak for myself when I say this, but lay people when it comes to this industry. Uh, we do have a friend of ours in the chat, um, and, and you're probably familiar, but it says that uh, most of... Uh, things that uh, egregious acts of theft like this are inside jobs and i can say for certain that 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 is uh not only just a plausible thing but as nature boy was going into with this just to go back to the, our our topic uh that we began on was that someone on the inside uh if they could play sort of a shell game with the with the goods in this instance right so you want to you want to make sure that you move something around enough where nobody knows where the fuck it is and then it just disappears that'd be the way well, that the I would inside job it. would be you know more or less at the shipper or the the receiver more than it would be you know the average you know driver or trucking company nowadays i'm not saying that there's not some like i said earlier you know some that's involved but you know a lot of this i think in this sophisticated theft is at the broker and the logistics level, somebody that knows something there, you know what I mean? How to be able to, you know, basically use another carrier's identity, which is the safest way for them to do it. And I was listening to a video last night, you know, and they was um, more or less confirming that, but have the carrier go over and, you know, unwittingly pick up a load that's going to go somewhere it's not supposed to eventually. Um, versus, you know, like me go over to pick something other up and what if they come up and they ask for a picture of your driver's license or, you know, something like that, which a lot of the, uh, the food loads, they want your driver's license. Number. I, I hauled two for two weeks. I had uh, two loads of pizza cheese going to a, a national chain pizza chain and, you know, they want your driver's license number, you know, right there. Uh, there again, I don't know what that's what that's supposed to do. If that's you know, someone other to have somebody point the finger at or whatever, you know, if they get there and the load ain't right or whatever. But uh, actually, on the pizza cheese, they put boat seals that you have to cut it off with boat cutters. And there's other things like that. And a lot of your high value loads, laptops was a big thing, you know, years ago. And, you know, I'm sure we went through, uh, you know, the tablets and, you know, things of that nature. But a lot of this stuff, you know, something I was kind of surprised at. Uh, I was hearing last night that, you know, a lot of food and beverage is the number one thing that a lot of these places are stealing because 
it's going to get consumed and there's no serial number, you know, on the produce or, you know, a lot of food. Well, when you said laptops like a bunch of years ago, I had a conversation the other day about the price of the chips inside of these things because of supply chain uh, problems. Like if uh, Taiwan, for instance, were to uh, suddenly be attacked by China, and wouldn't it be a really fucking opportune time that while the USA is stretched between supporting Ukraine and Israel with all of our uh, all of our tax dollars, that China just decides to pick up Taiwan right now, and the cost of a video card or a chip in your computer or a new fucking phone or anything like that goes through the roof? Oh, boy, you're going to see all kinds of shit disappear then. <laughs> oh, mean, yeah. If and an iPhone to- now costs 10 grand, those shit's going to be disappearing left and right, no doubt. Yeah, that, that's what I was just going to say. That's that's probably going to start happening quite a bit. We're, you know, maybe not the hijacking of the truck with a truck driver, but wherever it gets to, that's probably when it's going to start. To, you know what I mean? The, it's going to start to hit the black market. Just think about what you said, Six, about Taiwan. All the chips that are in a brand new Tesla or an EV car. The price exactly. is already at work. We did a pilot program where we bought five Rivians. And do you all know what those are? Yes, uh, I do. A quick recap for you that doesn't. They're uh, EV pickup trucks. And they're bad. They're killer pieces of machinery. I mean, fast, powerful technology. It's all great. Right. Each one of those was a hundred grand. Think about if all of a sudden every chip that runs that goes up twice, doubles. You're now you're looking at what 125, $130,000 for the same car just because the chip value changed. You know, this whole supply change, and then good luck getting a replacement part. So, oh, we got a chip or a little small say plug-in module that you can plug the old one out put the new one in but with without it the car is not going to run or won't run properly the vehicle i should say okay think about oh guess what dude china just bombed that facility that that made that off of taiwan um no there ain't no more and they're not coming back now you have a hundred thirty thousand dollar vehicle that you depend on for your livelihood if you're using it for commercial sense that will not move is absolutely worthless because one stupid chip that you could pull out and put in no longer exists for a hypothetical reason that I just said, yeah, fuck it, China bombed them in. They're gone. Bye-bye now. And notice how we'll defend another tiny country here and there, like with everything that we got, but we ain't going to defend Taiwan for a shit if that happens. No. Um, and, and then that's when we started looking into more of like the CHIPS Act. Because that's back in the times of the DePape hammer. Um, whenever uh, David DePape attacked Nancy Pelosi's fucking husband with a hammer oh, yeah. inside of his hammer. own house. And that's that. the time where it came out where Paul Pelosi was revealed to have invested in all of these chip companies and everything, which he suddenly yeah, pulled out. That of was that great. Point. Probably mm-hmm. when they were they were probably relatively cheap because certain legislation hasn't come out, which would make their stock go off the roof. And before that, he just had to do some very good stock buy just because he's a hell of a businessman. That's it. And then afterwards, you know, he's well researched. There you go, Harlan. Well researched. Well, not only that, but his paperwork disappeared. So the district attorney doesn't know what happened to it. So he's not going to be prosecuted for that shit. No, nothing to see here. And nothing I guess to see. Like, if he did. Hillary Clinton would be his prison guard. So just say right. Just, just say 
<laughs> I, I, I've got a little story that, you know, probably turned away cool Snoopy on uh, something more or less what, the, you know, he, he was pointing at. From his angle, uh, back in the day when the microwave was a big deal back in the 80s, this is a story that was handed down to me that by somebody that uh, was in the truck, and I know he wouldn't have lied about it. You know, uh, number six is FBI agent. Could probably go back and check this out, see if it's true or not. But yeah. anyway, uh, there was a local trucking company there in East Tennessee, had uh, you know basically you know stole a damn load of uh, microwaves you know let them like it got stole or you know somebody stole it from you know one of the local companies or whatever and uh, the local mayor or the county mayor's wife ended up with one of them and the FBI had been watching them and um, you know after the fact looking around blah 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 and well anyway this this lady. She either the microwave tore up or she hit a button on it because I've heard the story two separate ways, you know, from the guy, you know, what he was telling, and I'm just relaying it. But either she hit a button on it that he wasn't doing what it's supposed to, or the damn microwave was tore up. Well, she gets mad, and you know, husband is, you know, part of the ruling class, and everybody's supposed to suck her ass, you know, because who she is. You think they're bad nowadays, I'm sure there's a lot worse, you know, 30 some years ago. But anyway, I have to find a sound effect for that one too, Harlan. I'm making a list here. I'm making a list. Okay. Well, she calls the number, you know, in the packaging or on the box or something. And, you know, so this microwave tore up, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, well, can you give us the serial number off the back of it? Well, she goes in and gives the serial number. Well, guess what? That was one of the microwaves off that load. And that was what's supposed to, you know, got the FBI brought in on it. But what was funny, I think it was either a driver or somebody that, that worked or, you know, a mechanic or somebody that was in on it. They know the FBI was, you know, coming out. And they said, uh, you know, told this one, said you're going to, you know, take an ice whooping or something on this next load that we're going to, you know, steal to make it look good. And they tied him up to a tree and punched him in the face two or three times. You know, everybody was in on it. Well, the FBI is supposed to have been over in the fucking weeds watching all this. And when they did this, after they'd done it, the FBI jumps out and goes to screaming, you know, you know, freeze, you're under arrest and all that. And the guy that was tied to the tree said, well, hell, if you was watching, I'd just stand there and watch them beat the dog shit out of me. <laughs> but that's supposed to be a true story. And it came from somebody. He's, uh, he's no longer with us. He passed away several years ago. He's a lot older than I was. But... You know, they've always been stuff like that go on. That was more in the past because while I've been in the trucking industry, the inside job of most of, you know, these trucking companies, just, you know, if you've got an unscrupulous one or a crook, they're going to steal it off the driver. They're going to steal it some legal way or some high-fast legal way, you know. But I'm sure that there's more than... You know, one company, especially a bunch of these flybanites just popped up in the last four or five, six years that, you know, was involved in stuff like that. But, you know, the real money besides this, you know, the regular grab what you can and run with it, you know, and so forth and so on, or what somebody might be able to get over on a dock. The problem nowadays is, is there's cameras everywhere. 
So you've got to kind of remember that too. But I'm sure like what I'm assuming that Snoopy is alluding to also, you know, when you've got people that's inside knowing, you know, actually in the warehouses what's coming and what's going. But, you know, these big companies, once they get it in their warehouse, they know where it's at. You know, it's not like you're back in the 80s and there's not cameras and, you know, Jim Bob or whoever could be sneaking you know, something out the back, you know, VCR out the back door. Well, I snuck it into a couple warehouses back in the day, but it certainly wasn't to steal anything. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, well, and now because everything is RFID'd, it's so easy for inventory systems to track exactly where every SKU is within a facility from the time it came in till the time it went out. And yeah, just but- depending on the technology, you know, there's RF readers in existence that can be used in transportation, you know, um, that if they go by, boom, it finds it. Cameras, what I found from direct experience, are good as evidence tools, but they're not so good for arresting people unless you have a big case that you're willing to put the time in and you have identifying things such as a license plate. Because here's what my experience is. I've had those, we've had problems. I manage commercial fueling systems. So from anything from a big D11 down to uh, an executive vehicle, my job is to make sure they get fuel when they need it. You've done all kinds of crazy shit. No wonder you know so much. (laughs) I've had had an interesting life. (laughs) If you only knew how, who my mom was like in my childhood, you'd understand. But uh, Shout out to mom. Love her. God, she's looking down on us right now. Um, oh, yeah. So what happened is we had a problem with our previous fuel cards. There were CFNs. And if you're in the system, if you're in trucking, you know what a CFN and a pack ride card is. Um, where this ring was coming in and they're going through our yards. And even as, as brazen as during operational hours and they put on one of those green safety jackets and walk through the yard. But we're such a big company and there's so many people coming and going. Nobody knows what. So we brought in one of the these trailers, right? You can get them from security companies that have like every camera you could think of and IRs and ERs and blah, 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 blah. So we caught the sons of bitches. We literally caught the sons of bitches on camera, nice, good definition walking through, right? Well, here's the problem. How do you prosecute those? If you go to law enforcement and say, hey, look, we have video evidence, this person's stealing it, we got them on this, they'll be like, well, what's an identifying characteristic? Well, um, I don't know, we got the film. They're like, yeah, dude, we got real crime to fight. Come back when you got more evidence. So it's not good to actually track it down so much as my experience, but it's really good as if you, you actually get the people. And we eventually caught the sons of bitches, by the way. Now we have just tons and tons of evidence that we can go into a court of law. And because it's from the security company, it's time dated and it's all, I don't know what the hell, it's, it's verified. It's all legit. Hmm? It's all legit. It's all, it's all legit. So to make a, a short story long, you know, that's my take on them. But I also know inventory systems because I used to manage them or work with inventory systems. And the sophistication that they have now is insane. But here's the deal. Just Harlan, you hit it right on the head. You get some few scumbags, right, in the right brokerage firm who knew a few things that know a few people that can do a little creative programming on the back end. 
then you could take and you can transport them loads anywhere you want it. And as far as manifests go, they'll look like they're going where the fuck they should. Except people are supposed to get those loads are like, hey, we, we didn't get our load of um, Hennessy this week. You know, our, our, you know, our redneck buddies get kind of pissed at us. Where's the load? And they're like, uh, we sent it out through this and this. And so from their standpoint, it seems legit. But meanwhile, it didn't get to it. Where did it go? If you're good enough, you can make it disappear into the ether, at least for a while. Generally, the thing about all criminals, and I'll end it at this, is they can get away with it for a while, but eventually they're going to fuck up and they're going to get caught. And then the gig's over. That's why booze is such an ingenious idea. If you're going to do something like that with a massive amount of any type of good, because other types of goods have little chips in them. Other types of goods have serial numbers on them. You know, you have all kinds of way of tracking other types of goods. Booze, you could move it into different bottles, right? You could, you could even, you could even take it and like cut it, right? You could cut it with fucking, you know, shoe polish if you wanted to. I mean, God knows what they put in other stuff right <laughs> uh you know and if you're if you're buying it in mexico tom you've been to tijuana <laughs> many times i yes. mean fuck <laughs> do we even have to explain look dude, i mean Tijuana's like it's like the wild wild west down there you get whatever you want do whatever you want you know what i mean if you got enough money you can do whatever you want whatever <sighs> i mean that's you know like I've I've heard stories. If you're you know what I mean. Market, um, you're gonna get that shit anyways. You get shit that's adulterated. We can't even get fucking vaccines that aren't adulterated anymore, folks. So the I manufacturers mean, and the government. <laughs> oh lord. Yep. 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 So I mean, yeah. You know, and the thing is, is that booze in in trade always keeps a value to it too. Like nobody gives a fuck about your iPhone four right now. <laughs> you know, you could get one of those in Tijuana real cheap. It's probably laying in the fucking gutter in a pile of shit. You probably just pick it out of one. <laughs> have you have you guys ever noticed? I uh, if you live in the city, have you ever noticed how many uh, mattress places go out of business and go back into business? I had a, a buddy that I worked with. Used to have this number where you could call this number and literally go to a house, and that's all that was in there were mattresses. Yeah, that was the play place in the hood. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, on so the side, you know, on the side and, of the building, you know. That yeah, was, and uh, this is why why I asked uh, Harlan this question about if you know how much stuff's getting hijacked because uh, I see stuff online all the time that's still in the bo- brand new in the box. You know what I mean? Um, it's coming from somewhere. It may not be Harlan's truck, but it's coming from somewhere. Well, you know what I mean? I'll tell you where the life like a lot of that stuff's coming from, like that you see like on Marketplace and stuff like that, uh, Tom. I think a lot of that is you uh, you down low shoplifting. I think a lot of that is uh, people that's, uh, you know, got a credit card and was needing some money and they was going over and buying it and then turn around trying to sell it for cash. I think that's where a lot of that stuff comes from. Uh, back probably 10 years ago when the couponing was a big thing. And I think it about put a stop to that where all these people was getting all this, you know, these coupons, you know, it was a big deal or it was, you know, in my area and they would, you know, be able to go over and end up with 20 bottles of shampoo and, you know, all that shit. Well, I've seen a lot of that stuff and razors and different stuff at uh, the flea markets. And, you know, 
these people would make you itch sitting there looking at them. You know, they ain't counting coupons. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're, they're selling food stamps, you know, for some dope money. They sure in the hell ain't going out counting no coupons. A lot of that stuff's just shoplifting shit. You know what I'm saying? But I, I would say like the, the Hennessy that we was talking about, I'd say a lot of that went towards Mexico and I'd say there's a lot of it got spread out, you know, all over the West Coast and, you know, over to Phoenix would be my guess. They probably took it somewhere and broke it down, in, you know, into smaller amounts and spread it out versus riding down, you know, the road with a tractor and trailer loads, you know, a liquor that's worth, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars that probably every cop, you know, the state of California is looking for when they pull a truck over, you know. Well, if you see a bunch of potatoes going missing, um, just go and maybe find rather a guy making vodka or a bunch of fucking Irish people. I don't know. Well, when I was a teenager, dude, we, I don't know in your guys' area, but we used to have this uh, place where you could, uh, they sold used Levi's. This, this was a big thing in California. I don't know um, where if it was anywhere else, but basically you, people were going to like stores and just straight stealing the stealing the Levi's and then going to the second hand and taking them to the used Levi place. You know what I mean? To, and selling them. So, yeah, it was a big, big controversy we had going on in California because that's what I would do. I'd go buy used Levi's is, you know, they were half the price, 15 bucks instead of 30 bucks. So and they were pretty they were still in good shape, you know. But yeah, it turned out like all the tweakers were stealing from the from the stores and selling the <laughs> selling the pants to the secondhand place. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, say what you want about the tweakers, right? The you know, they the are, former dude, one, right? They're some creative, ingenious motherfuckers. Yes, they, I mean, yes. well, um, they also in California at one time they had this. Uh, it was like an ATM machine. And basically what it was was for uh, illegal immigrants to cash their paychecks. And basically uh, you would get on the phone, you would type in, you know, put in a little bit of information and then get on a phone and somebody would talk to you and uh, basically take your picture. And then they would send you the money right through the, through the machine. Really? Oh uh, yeah. That didn't last too long because uh, trust and believe the tweakers came up with some creative stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I were to, if I were to steal a check, uh, I would just say, tell this dude, hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you go do this for me, you know, and you're never on screen. You're never no picture taken, nothing. So, yeah, yeah those only lasted a couple of years. But, oh, yeah, we, we were working those machines. <laughs> I remember back in the day, I, I had a, a buddy who was a tweaker, still one of my best friends, you know, but we had, you know, those are different times back then, different lives. Well, he owed me about $150 for a long time. And back then, you know, I was making seven bucks an hour. This is the 80s. That, that's a lot of freaking money. That's a lot of money. So he shows up one day. Dave, I'm hot. I'm hot, man. I need you to chuck, man. I'm, I'm on a stream. And what he used to do is do check scams. And this is before you had E-Verify. So. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I says, I, I don't care. Here, here's my truck. All right. All right, man. I says, but he's like, I'm going to get you money. I'm going to get you money, man. I says, all right cool dude so i go off to work i worked at a grocery chain an upscale grocery chain you know and so i'm inside working right troy comes in he's like man man i'm hot here's your money man I got it i says all right cool dude thank god this is before video cameras were everywhere right 
So he takes off. 30 minutes goes by. I get a call from my manager on the intercom system. Hey, Dave? Yeah. Uh, Lodi Police is on the phone and they want to talk to you. I'm like, oh, okay. So I get on there and it's officer so-and-so. And do you know a, 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 a T, TL is what we'll call him? And I'm like, uh, yes, yeah, I do. Well, uh, there's some officers in the parking lot of Rayleigh's where you work. Sorry, I bust out the name. Who who want to talk to you? So I'm like, oh, Jesus, what the fuck happened now? So I go out. And luckily, I was all looking good. And go out there, and there was a little satellite bank out there. It had a glass waiting room so you could see inside of it. And I looked up there, and I saw Troy sitting in there, handcuffed, head low head hanging real low and i go up talk to the officer and he said and he gave me the business at first because he didn't know me from anything right so i played off innocent victim oh i, I did really well dude and then after about five minutes he's like he, he bought it and that then his whole demeanor changed and at that point he's like all right you're cool um there's your truck we're not going to impound it sorry about this you know you need to pick better friends and i was like oh i can't believe this happened to me poor victim the whole time i'm looking thinking i dogging my friend going you fucking idiot how the hell dare you do this in my fucking parking lot blah 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 blah. and next thing you know he went to jail um and i didn't see his ass for six months but when he came out he was a reformed man until he needed more money so that was my until he story. got another bag of dope. How <laughs> <laughs> about that hundred fifty dollars? No, he paid it to me. He, when he when he came in right before he got busted, he had the money and he paid me hundred fifty bucks. So I didn't give a fuck. I did. Hey, look, I got my money back, and my truck didn't get impounded, and it was right there in the parking lot of where I worked. So from my standpoint, it wasn't a bad deal at all. I was lucky. Yeah. TL spent six months, luckily, in Honor Farm, because under a year, you don't go to county jail out there in the town we were from, to think about his his sins. Yeah, so that's one like of my many tweaker stories. Say what? Sounds like you was playing a country music song backwards, the old school one where you got your truck back and your money back. Damn Skippy. Damn Skippy. Yeah, I've, I, I, well, Tom and I have talked offline. I have quite a few interesting tweaker tales that I could tell on a later date. Hey, there's a show, Tales of the Tweakers. There is a Primus song that I love, and it's called Those Damn Blue Collared Tweakers. And it is, I'll send it to you all if you haven't heard it. I'll post it on on X when I get a chance, because Tom, you post a bunch of great fucking songs. Thank you for that. Uh, I know a lot of the people in the audience love that shit, man. It, It just helps bring me up, because like, you know, I can't listen to podcasts and news and shit and aggregate information all the time. So if I can, you know, slam some Marduk and maybe throw some weights around, uh, might you know, just might brighten up my day. So I appreciate you, brother. But uh, I'm letting yeah. everybody know on X right now that we're live there. I, it, I, they're burying us, bro. I couldn't even find our fucking video <laughs> on my own shit. I'm looking at my own profile. I'm like, where the fuck is the live video? Thank goodness that our good friend Lisa Belanger retweeted it so I could find it easily. Um, so Lisa's fucking awesome. We love Lisa. We need to get Lisa on here. We need some female presence in this bitch. 
Uh, um, but that's what I was going to say. We have a lot of ladies in the chat tonight. And um, yeah, I, 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 on a Saturday I talk to uh, quite a few of them, you know, back and forth on Twitter. And I'm definitely looking to do an all ladies panel sometime. So if you're interested, hit me up on Twitter. Um, Tiffany, Catherine, if you ladies would like to come on free thinker, I mean, you don't have to, you can put a little avatar up or whatever and just let's talk about, you know, lady stuff, you know, what's irritating you and whatever, you know, you sexist bastard, you, <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I'm, I'm a firm believer in women, you know, I they do. help, they help the, the, the world, uh, run, you know, spin around too. If that's, if that's what you believe in. They make it a much more beautiful place to live in. Can Absolutely. You imagine if the world was made of us sausage fest men. Oh man, I've seen them spin around, Tom, and then usually money leaves my hand somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Pussy ain't free, bro. You know. Pussy ain't free. <laughs> well, on, on that note, uh, Vance uh, reminds uh, me that uh, he also loves Primus. Vance, you're a cool fucking guy. Oh, you're cool. in all kinds of good shit. I'll meet Vance and you know let yeah, him, him. I, I want to let him loose now. Vance is our fucking bull. All right, I just I, I let him loose. We we save him <laughs> up. He's, he's, like the go, he's the go home fucking pitcher. Like he's wild thing. You know, just da, 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 da. Uh, uh, um, what real quick this what is the issue why you keep muting me is it because because like right before you muted me last time i was fixing to mute my mic i got a boom mic on my headset and so right when i grabbed oh, my mic okay. you like muted me so is it it was it a noise coming from that because yeah. i can i can just yeah, mute on the right. phone I yeah, should there was be able just some kind of noise the... that it, it hurt Harlan's head because Harlan has a headset on too, and his is probably cranked because I crank my shit because I'm fucking deaf, and he's also in a truck. So it, yeah. <laughs> well, I can I mute up on the phone. I can mute up on the phone because it's yeah, probably just microphonics yeah. from me touching the boom mic or whatever you gotcha. know on the gotcha on the yeah, headset. At first, I mean, man, it was like God. I mean, I'm sitting there trying to talk over it. It's like somebody's like falling, taking a bow bat and beating the wall as you know they're going down the elevator shaft. And I was waiting for a woman to start screaming at any time. And that's okay, the kind think, of music I, that Tom and I listen to, so it's it's cool. <laughs> but, <laughs> because usually Boss has got the best audio, you know, that they are. You know, a lot of these shows I've been on with Vance. I mean, he sounds better than you know you guys that's got them three or four hundred dollar microphones. Mm -hmm. I think it's just the the microphonics when I touch the boom mic, and you know, so sometimes I might bump it while I'm I smoking a cigarette or whatever, you know. But but yeah, I'm I'm a, I, I'm, I'm a big Primus fan. I like Primus before Primus was cool, and blue collar tweakers. That yeah, that's one of my favorite anthems. And yeah, I, I, I'm I'm everywhere from Buck Owens to Frank Zappa. So you know, I grew up with all that. Testify. I mean, it's all right. Tom's over. <laughs> I mean, if I'm driving down the road and I see a place called St. Alfonso's, I'm stopping if they got a pancake breakfast, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Frank Zappa is one of my political mentors, too. I mean, you know, he's one of the guys that kind of, you know, was the, one of those voices that I picked up on and kind of influenced and, and he got elected as like the the minister of economic minister of yugoslavia or someplace over there you know at some point like the president at the time asked him to be their you know economic advisor or some position like that it, it, he is a really unique guy so i don't agree with everything that he you know you know 
uh, you know, but uh, yeah, he was definitely one of my mentors. His family owns a, uh, runs a, I don't know if they still do, but they're back in the day, his family ran a restaurant down in San Diego. Well, I, I'll tell you what, Steve Vai, you know who Steve Vai is, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. How could you yeah. not? Yeah. And, uh, and you know, he was, the you know, a guitarist. That's, you know, I've, I've been a Steve Vai, you know, fan since I saw him on, it, it was one of the years, first videos on MTV was a Frank, that Frank, can't remember what song it is now, but anyway, uh, Steve I had his leopard skin, you know, little, you know, sleeveless shirt and, and doing all his, you know, fancy. Th and, and at that time in 80, whatever it was, you know, I was like, who the fuck is that? You know, and, and, and uh, yeah, so, you know, it, I, I, music's been a big part of my life. If it went from music and, and weed, I'd, I'd have probably killed myself or somebody else a long time ago. Passion and Warfare to this day, I think, is one of the best guitar albums that was ever produced. One of the I best saw albums. that I saw that con that they played that concert at oh. a little bar here in San Antonio called uh, oh. Sneakers, a, a small little ball. Maybe there might have been a hundred people in the whole oh. place, and I got there an hour early and staked out a spot right in front of the stage, and and uh, Devin Townsend. And maybe I'm thinking of uh, Sex and Religion was mm, the Devin yeah. Townsend album. It was, but, yes. So it's a different album. But anyway, best concert I ever wrote. saw in my life sitting right in front. I mean, they're, they're 20 feet away from me, you know, is Steve Vai and, you know, Devin Townsend. And Devin Townsend is just like a, 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 a force among himself. He was doubling leads and, and, and singing playing rhythm and doubling leads and he was like 18 years old at that time so I, I i'm sorry to digress but you know that is literally one of the best concerts i've ever seen in my life ever and it was just a show in a bar it wasn't like it was a concert i mean you know. man so there's always the best ones dude like yeah. all the good shows i've ever seen were all at bars where it was limited people dude i saw this this kid uh, and i'm gapping his name but he plays with billy strings and i oh my god um no, uh, it'll no. come it'll it'll come to me at a bar in memphis we were doing i was part of this program uh called blues in the schools and we had this international blues competition in memphis where it's the biggest non-signed competition of blues bands in the world so marcus king that was there we name. go yeah oh, yeah that is oh shit so oh yeah it, it, so we're at the venue where we had our student showcase right and our kids let's just say and you'll see why i learned a very valuable lesson that night so i'm sitting there just like you were vance front row i'm right in front of this kid i could go out and flick his nose okay so i'm sitting there and he comes out he was kind of heavyweight and had his hat on and i was like hmm, goofy little fella what do you got to offer right that's what i was thinking first note guitar mouth opened and i'm blown away one of the best shows i've ever seen right and i'm looking at this kid i had never heard of him nobody had heard of this kid before it was a blues competition for you know youth and it wasn't but a year later is when he hit the scene and now anybody who follows marcus king and if you don't i implore you Go out there and look at the Marcus King. Also, King Tone, 
um, is a great one. And of course, Billy Strings. Oh my God. There's yeah, Billy he's that, Billy Strings uh, that, is living dreams right now. Playing yeah, he's, cool. he's, <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen that one video of him when he was young, still clean cut from when he was doing bluegrass, right? And he's sitting in his buddy's house on a old couch and another, I know exactly the clip you played dust in the butt yeah. is like play that new song you just wrote there billy come dust on in man. A baggie. dust in oh, a baggie man. and he yeah. ripped it he's like okay yeah man okay. he ripped it just sitting there on an old video cam i'm like holy shit well yeah. i'm talking yeah. real lyrics like that too since we're talking about great bands that write real lyrics like yeah. billy strings right. is definitely on his game when it comes to that stuff if you yeah. listen to a song like dust in a baggie that is a heart-wrenching tale that many many too many people uh know about and the other the other flip side of that for me like in the hardcore realm a band that's doing that a lot is kubla khan from texas bad motherfuckers if you if you listen to swan song and especially like for people like we got some truckers in the audience you stop at these truck stops you see these women um in these situations and you're thinking about how the fuck they got there and this song goes into that hard. It rips your fucking heart out, punches it, and then sticks it back in your chest and gives you a kiss like Bugs Bunny. It's a fucking beautiful song. So, but uh, and it's heavy as shit. Like hey, if you I want just, to throw weights through a fucking ceiling. That's shit just to interject really quick. Speaking of songwriting, yeah. I just watched. Yeah. Um, I think it's on Amazon. I saw it about Tom Petty when he did the Wildflowers album. Gotcha. And yeah, it really goes into. Shit. Gave me a whole new appreciation of the man, right? His songwriting ability. This man was amazing. People were like, yeah, he could sit there. And here's an, here's an example. And lyrics would just come to his head. He could play it impromptu. And when he wrote the song, the title song, and I'm gapped out on a uh, Wildflower, I believe it was one of them. He said the only time it, this is one time it happened to him, he's explaining. He says, I'm sitting there. It's the only time it ever happened to me. The song came to me. I played it from beginning to end. And that was the song that I wrote. It wrote itself. And I'm like, God, I try, I write simple songs, right? No lyrics, but simple songs. And I know how difficult it can be, right? Just write a simple core, a song with a verse and a chorus and ending, right? And here's this cat who just, he's like Prince, goes in the morning, take his morning shit, right? By the time he fucking wipes his ass and comes out, he's got his hit song already written in his head. They go in the studio, they lay it down, and poof, the rest is history, man. Rest is history. Hey, Prince was part of uh, Aleister Crowley's thing. Uh, he was, was part of the, yes, he was part was of the Flema Society. No way, dude. Yes, Prince sir. was a Thelemite? Oh, good God, boy. If we you listen to the song Seven, uh, by Prince. Uh, I got a friend that has a really weird story about getting a tattoo while that song was playing Ooh. and the record was just skipping and then just playing that song over and over again as he's getting his tattoo. And it's just Ooh. like weird, weird shit around that song, man. A lot, hey. lot of chant, like almost like chanting. Like you've heard like Gregorian chants and like other mm. shit like that. Like, you know, that there's something with that pulse. Like this, that song has that eeriness to it. And uh, Nature Boy, I'm about to drop a uh, a channel. It's from YouTube, unfortunately. Fuck YouTube anyway. But it is a, a great channel. It's uh, a channel called Venus Theory. Uh, right. This guy goes into songwriting and modern, like, uh, also production theory stuff, too. Oh, really? But yeah, he, hate, to me. 
he has an amazing voiceover voice. Like he's so OCD about the audio that when he records a video, he shoots himself doing it, but then also redoes the audio and like syncs over it. So, you know, he's putting in time, right? He's the man I'd like to talk to. He, yeah. I would love to pick his brain. Man. And Those his simple like songwriting. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. For like scoring and things yeah. of that nature. Like if you're going to score a, a, a small video or a documentary, and that's some of my favorite shit, like the shit that got me into really into this shit was uh, Adam Curtis. I always shout out Adam Curtis, no matter where I go, like hyper normalization from 2016, that documentary in particular, it made me go back and rewatch every fucking thing that he ever made after that. I was just like, give me it all. Give me it all. I need it all now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have, I have a, a very deep respect for musicians. I've been producing for 20 years in one form or another. I used to do a lot of live music up until Rona came along. And well, you know, <laughs> and we know what Miss what happened when Miss Rona came to town. Um, uh, all basically, let's just say I went from the man of the town to persona non grata overnight. Another story, but I just, I have such a love for producing and people who know how to produce, who know how to bring out that little subtle tones to can manipulate the level of perceptional threshold. I had a friend a long time ago who's one of the best voiceover guys in all of my area, right? And that's what he's the one that explained it to me. He says, the difference between good and great is about this much, David. He says, the ones that are good and the ones that are great as opposed to the ones that are good who understand the level of perceptual threshold and are able to manipulate it. A little brush here, a little brush there, a little brush there. Next thing you know, you have a big picture of some happy trees. So uh, I don't know where I went on that little tangent. Sorry about that, gentlemen. You got to have Bob Ross in anything randomly. You can. That's the thing about stream of consciousness is that in any conversation anywhere with anyone, you can probably bring up Bob Ross and they'll be like, oh, yes. Bob Ross. Thank you. Thank you. The man that, that's good. where my mind went right away. At least I didn't go to Plastercaster. You know, that's the, the other art form that you don't want to get into. Uh, Steve oh, from... Mm -hmm. uh slow news day was talking to a couple ladies about one lady getting mm -hmm. caught at the airport this is the nature boy type of story uh a lady getting caught at the airport and like uh, at, like questioned by security there because she had a cast of her boyfriend's penis who was about to be deployed yeah so I heard, I heard, <laughs> the first time i ever heard that was gene simmons a long long time ago and Caster, this is before video it, it was an audio interview oh, yeah. probably in the 80s and he was mm -hmm. talking about some chick who's like oh yeah we just call it master caster i think they wrote a song about it actually. master caster yeah okay, and uh yeah. they famously did uh, Jimi hendrix and a bunch of other uh famous people's uh genitalias <laughs> so well, if you knew my, my last name which i will not reveal that would be very apropos but unfortunately the uh the legend would not live up live let's just say the legend would be much greater than the reality well, speaking <laughs> of the legend think of all the poor saps that had to go buy all the used levi's and then go and put them on and be like why does it feel weird in this section all of a sudden like why why do i have a lot more space on this leg <laughs> in, in germany when i lived in germany speaking of that that was a real money maker and there were people that yeah. would do that oh, yeah. they would have Jeez. people ship them old levi's people would give them mm -hmm. away or you know 10 bucks uh if it had the san francisco label on the back of it where it says made in san francisco i don't care what condition those things are and keep in mind this is the 80s money people they were 100 bucks over in germany the germans would pay 100 bucks poof 
And if they were a brand new pristine, oh yeah, man, they'd be big money. So, you know, what's what is one man's junk like us is another man's treasure. Truth. Harlan, you look like you're in a tool video right now. This is interesting. Hello, I'm sitting there playing with, with the, the camera. And stuff. <laughs> I'm on my phone. I'm not on my laptop. That damn laptop it's, is pretty much. It's uh, okay. Dude, if you were frying but, on acid right now, you would be oh, tripping balls on Harlan. I mean, if anyone's on acid, <laughs> we, can, we can full screen it. But, um, yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just think, fans, though. If you had, like, something like, like picks and leeches, you know, from Tool playing over that. Da -da -da. <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i love polyrhythms my favorite shit like mashuga i love like i really get down with that kind of stuff are you familiar with king gizzard and the lizard wizards uh, yes king gizzard and the lizard wizard um they play microtonal instruments which is yeah, fucking yeah. mind-blowing <laughs> and those guys have, have they've, they've and these guys like i say it, it's not in music for everybody you know musicians it's musicians and music and you know i play guitar and i'm just a hack and i, I ref, i'm an anarchist so i refuse to learn music theory and all that shit and i wish i would have now but whatever i just you know i play by ear and feel whatever and, and uh, uh but uh, those guys this young band, they're like, you know, relatively young and they've like, they got like 40 something albums in like three years or something. I mean, they like, they put out yeah. like six, eight, 10 albums a year. And, just and they're just creativity. Man. I'm just like, saying it's like, you know, that, that I'm, I'm not stuck in the sixties or the seventies or eighties or the nineties. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to hip hop and, and, you know, I, I'm listening to, you know, I'm, I'm ready for the new, the next big thing. You know, I'm, I'm not. But King Gizzard though, know. they bring all that, they bring all that vibe though. Like all the, all the tones, that people are familiar with like classic guitar tones from like the 60s and 70s and like that doom sound you know that tom and i both love you know you get yeah. like some of those stoner doom like type of riffs over like some really interesting like fucking like classical music inspired melodies over it um and, the, and they're real broad and in, yeah. in their in their range like say they each album kind of you know goes to a whole another direction you don't even know what's coming next you know and and they, you know they have a real you know eclectic sound and and uh, yeah I'm, I'm i'm into them yeah i think when it comes to like creative bands like that 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 play in all those just different random styles like all, the one that i always go back to just from my era was always faith no more like i had a dear friend growing up that played music that was way more advanced in music than i was who had just like a tremendous appreciation for mike Patton. Um, and yeah. all of his work, Mr. Bungle, and things of that nature, too. Um, yeah. I did see Phantomus live one time, and I did not get it, I admit. Um, it just wasn't my thing at the time. Now, maybe maybe if I get really ripped now, it might help. Um, I don't know. But the whole him clucking like a chicken thing uh, with the national anthem when I was about to see Tool uh, was just awkward for me. <laughs> I had to go get a popcorn or something, you know, like I just I'm not that type where I'm just like, you know, fuck the opening acts because a lot of the opening acts I want to see. Like, I like a lot of like the up and coming shits where like if they actually make it, they're probably like seconding. You know what I mean? 
Like they're not open. They're not Megadeth. It's the band that's opening up for Megadeth. Like bands like Meshuggah, who I go to see, or like Fear Factory is is going to be who uh, Ricky Verandis loves. Uh, we're we're trying to hook up with him to get him on TMP Live sometime soon too to talk fucking metal. Um, I want to be like I want to talk about metal dystopia. So like all of the future metal like in like tech metal and death metal shit that we have listened to at least like people like him and I um, that we could talk about how that got us into all of these weird conspiracy theory topics and shit. Because I mean, for me, like that, that opened my mind out, you know, to a lot of stuff. It's just like being introduced to even those concepts and then also having sounds that go along with those concepts. So, you know, the power of music itself, like no matter what genre we're talking about here from Primus to Meshuggah, like if you have something that flows and goes with like sort of what the vibe of the movement is or the, the, the sort of the tempo of what's going on in the world, um, that's where like great video producers like, you know, and, and audio producers, you know, people like Nature Boy that have worked on on audio stuff and, and understand this level of production, too. Um, that's what it really helps. It helps people connect so much more. Like, uh, what, what was like the connecting work that got you into, um, like for lack of a better term, like conspiracy stuff, Vance, like, was there like a particular documentary that you saw a particular book that you read an album that you heard? Like wh what was your deal? man? Well, um, I've just always kind of been by nature, a, a you know, anti-authoritarian or whatever. I've always, you know, kind of, you know, I mean, I, I was raised to respect my elders and, you know, say yes, ma'am and no ma'am and all that. But, you know, if, if there was something that I didn't agree with, I was, you know, I, 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 I'll dig my heels in and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stand up for myself, you know, to a certain point, like, you know what I'm saying? You know, with your dad, you see, he says, yeah, you say, yeah, you don't, you don't have that conversation till later, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, uh, the, the, uh, when I was, uh, the, I remember my dad had like a 74 or something, uh, Ford pickup truck and, and, uh, and I, and so I was always kind of inquisitive, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, you know, trying to figure things out and my parents got divorced when I was seven and stuff so you know there was a lot of things that I was thinking about and you know I was able to ration out or whatever but but uh at some point uh well I first I remember asking my dad about uh if he believed in God and uh and we had that conversation but then uh, there was a book that that i got exposed to way back you know in the 70s that was something about the rockefeller conspiracy and uh and and uh well uh, and i asked my dad oh that's what oh, i'm sorry I, I, this is this is an old story and I, it just you know on the spontaneous here but but uh i asked him about believing in jesus and he said well he believed that you know there you know might be a jesus and all that but if he comes back he's probably not coming back here you know in america or whatever and, and he said and and uh and he said that he had read a book something about the rockefeller conspiracies and if just half of that was true i uh, uh we're in a lot of trouble or something like that and so you know even at that young age i was kind of uh you know 
already, you know, critical of the system and, you know, the school system. I was on a first name basis with every principal, you know, from, you know, middle school up. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but then I guess it's around, uh, you know, and even though I was uh, aware of it and I was, I mean, I went during the, the tea party period, you know, here in San Antonio, they had a big event and I went down with a sign that said the Federal Reserve is the root of all evil and and uh, to succeed, we must secede. <laughs> and uh, and so, you know, around in, in that time, 1995 or something is where I, you know, was aware of the, the uh, other people that I could listen to and you know you know that's where I started finding you know the you know a real plethora in 91 I started tried to start a, a, a kind of like I guess what you'd call it a political action group called together united for freedom with a group of friends of mine that you know I was that's when I found out that China had gotten most favored trade nation status and and even though I didn't understand the, the the system the way I do now at that point, you know, I knew that probably wasn't a good thing for my, you know, daughter that was just born, you know, and the opportunity is going to be available later, you know, in 20 years from now and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I, I've just always kind of had a nature for it. And then around in the 90s when I was able to get Internet and, you know, I, you know, the different types of access to different opinions and I've definitely been full-fledged on it. I'm glad we brought some old memories back there, my friend. I mean, that, <laughs> that's, that's what's cool about these conversations. I mean, t Tom, what was yours, dude? Um, I, I you know, dude, I, I, I was like, I, I'm, I'm like Sam Tripoli. I, I failed the first grade. You know what I mean? Um, I just did not, uh, comply with anything that went on in school you know you what just I mean? weren't meant for um, this fucking system dude. no like, dude not 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 even a little bit you know what i mean um so uh and then you know and then my mom um when i was a, a teenager i would always hear her say stuff like uh be careful of the pharmaceutical companies they're going to try to make a cure-all pill um and i always kept that that in my head, you know, and boy, was she fucking right. It may not be in pill form, but they're trying to, you know, push these vaccines and say they're going to fix everybody, you know? Um, so, and, and of course I, I never believed in the political system period. Um, I thought it was always, you know, when I got, when I got to a, a an older age and I could understand what the hell was going on, I, I knew I didn't want to participate in any of that shit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've always been, uh, yeah. In my eyes, rules were meant to be broken. Um, that's why they have them. So, uh, and I broke many rules. You know, I, I did my my uh, my paid my debt to society for for the things that I did. You know, um, but I don't regret any of it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I wouldn't take any of it back. It made me who the person the person I am today. You know, um, with the help of my wife. Um, she keeps, she keeps me, uh, reeled in, you know, cause if, if it wasn't for her, I, I don't know what really where I'd be right now. So, um, 
Well, it's the feminine I, you know, thing that tames the savage beast, is it not? <laughs> well, it takes a savage to, to <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? She's, she's, I do, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've, I don't know how many times I've had, I had to pull her out of the bank one time, dude. She was about ready to kill the fucking bank manager. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I grabbed my wife. I looked at the bank manager and I said, do not call the cops. Cause if you do, then I will come back. And, uh, you know, and the lady wanted to keep just going off on my wife. And I was like, lady, just shut your face. We are leaving. You know, so like, yeah, it takes a savage to, to calm a savage for sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've always, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I've always been able to deter, not deter, maybe not totally determine, you know, things that are going on. But I've always been like open minded, like to look at both sides of the story um, of whatever the situation is and try to determine um, what's the bullshit and what's not the bullshit, you know, and nowadays it's not even hard to determine that because everything we get is, is all BS, you know? So if you're still falling for it, I, I apologize and I'm sorry for you. Um, wake up because shit's about to hit the fan. You know what I mean? Like we're about ready to go into world war three. And people want to, you know, like people want to bitch about, you know, trannies and, you know, whatever. And Gay massive people, amounts of booze disappearing know, or, is a great fucking way to hide money, my friend. Like, you just made me think of it when you were saying that. Like, what we started talking about here on the show, like, if you're disappearing bottles and bottles of Hennessy that goes for, like, what, $40, $50 or something like that, you're putting them in another market, in a black market somewhere over a border, um, you can hide that money. You can stash it away and then just wait to release it. Like if you just wanted to hide some dollars or launder them, that'd be a great fucking way to do that. Cause then you can just release that product to somebody else who will get rid of it for you. And you don't even have to worry about fucking selling it. You made your money. So, uh, I mean, there's, well, there, there's plenty of fuckery to be had in this situation. Gentlemen. I, I would encourage people to try to find a black market that you can buy stuff from because that's what's going to come down to. It's going to get so expensive at the stores that you aren't going to be able to afford a loaf of bread. So you're going to have to eat somehow. Tom, you know? We almost became part of that black market. If they would have kept the vax mandates in place for yeah. a lot of us, they would have yes, kicked sir. us all out of fucking work. We would well, have had to resort I'm, to that. I got a little room in my backyard. Um, I got to do some cleaning up back there, but I'm going to start growing stuff. And, uh, you know, and given the food, you know, I, I'm going to use the food, but whatever I have left over, I'm going to try to give to my neighbors and to some, you know, family and friends, you know, so it, it's just going to get to the point where, where we're not going to be able to afford things anymore. And, yeah. uh, you know, you're going to have to get with your neighbors and start that community garden or whatever it is you got to do, you know, you got to survive, um, you know, and, and, and I, I'm capable of doing whatever it takes for me to, uh, make my family survive um i will it, whatever it takes you know what i mean so it, it, for it to not get to that point that's what i need to do i need to start i need to get some chickens we're going to get some chickens um and i'm going to start a garden in my backyard and i'm going to start trying to do everything um you know like there's so much natural stuff out there that i've been finding all over twitter you know what I mean? Like uh, ways to help your immune system, ways if you get the flu, um, there's ways to uh, detox from the from the the shot. Um, it's all on Twitter, man. You just got to find it, you know. 
Um, and I'm sure there's other places that, you know, and then you had uh, uh, the bee lady on yesterday. You know, there, there's another source right there of all natural stuff that you can try to cure yourself with or or to survive or whatever, whatever you need to do, you know. So I think it's uh, people are going to have to start getting into that kind of mindset, you know what I mean, here real soon because, uh, you know, it's just getting to this. It's pretty scary thinking about World War Three, man. Especially if you go back and look in, in, in the history, what happened. You know, basically, all that is is a depopulation thing. They have all the money. They print the money. So they don't need any more money. This is why they play both sides of the war. Because they like to watch us kill each other. And uh, that's what that's what war is, to get rid of the poor people. If you can't pay for a doctor bill, you're poor. It's just, like can't. The, just like what the Deagle report said. Was it 2,500, 70% uh, reduction 70 of population? 70% of the population by 2025 will, be, or 2024, around there, 24, 25, will be gone. Yeah, now, that's there. something to think about. You know what I mean? That's, that's mm-hmm. like, how is that going to happen? You know, Check is that out gonna Charlie happen? Robinson for a Deagle report uh, rundown, too, I've heard. Uh, definitely get on that. Uh, we had yeah, Charlie on the one. other day, um, and uh, he just did, they just did that Third Eye Carnival stuff tonight that I watched a little bit of the live stream of. It was great. Um, it, the way that they did it, too, on the AM Wake Up channels, too, is that they had Steve and uh, Tease sort of on the screen so you could see them in, like, a nice setting. And then they had the event uh, screen there too. So they did the live stream of the event really nice. So anyone that missed that, uh, definitely go back and watch that event, watch their live stream and everything um, and share that up, you know, because I want people to see those events that people are doing. The live the live events and the stuff that's going on in that community is fucking awesome. Uh, we, we're definitely 100% behind that. And um, yeah, shout out to them for doing that stuff for the whole fucking community tonight. So, just so, so everybody knows what we're doing tonight is a form of anarchy. Sure. We're talking about we're talking about the system, we're talking about the government, and neither one of us have had uh, any kind of arguments about what we've been talking about because we probably pretty much agree on the same shit. You know what I mean? So, you know, like everybody wants to think anarchy is chaos. It's not chaos. It's me going to my neighbor and having a discussion with him and trying to bring him into the community and say, hey, look, dude, shit's hitting the fan. We got to do something here. We got to get some chickens. We got to get some some vegetables growing, um, some herbs, you know, so we can cure our sicknesses or or whatever we got to do, you know, because it's getting to that point. Parallel thinking in every way, parallel thinking in every way, like what you're describing, Tom, and I'm glad that you brought that up is, is that, you know, parallel thinking in all different mediums, you know, and, and not just podcasting, not just, you know, shows like this and in events, but also parallel thinking in every type of way, like parallel thinking in telecommunications, for instance, like uh, I, I did send uh, Charlie Robinson our, uh, because uh, he is part of the Anarcho Polco. Um, which fuck try saying that three times. Um, but yeah, and Narco Polco, there we go. Um, he's part of that event with Jeff Berwick and they just got hit with that huge fucking storm there, guys. I, and, I'm uh, going to it by the yeah. way. Oh, see, and I want to help out with telecommunications there because after a storm like that hitting, like one of the major things is that that's going to hit the grid, right? Um, so your telecommunications down there may be spotty. Um, mm-hmm. I have, I have. You know, because I'm a fucking nerd, um, I have found a, at least a way 
to connect people's cell phones without having to be on a major telecom network. Just so you have like simple text messaging in a large event like that. And you can use that to network with people and you're outside of the NSA sphere. Well, maybe not entirely or totally, but at least uh, for the most part, you're not on somebody else's shit because we're constantly using the man's fucking tools yes. to do this. We're always Even right doing now. It. It's the paradox of it. Yes, absolutely. Right Theo loans rumble. I so, talked yeah. about that motion, but we give us an overview of what that's going to be about. Yeah, what? give us a rundown of a, a narco polco, man. Yeah, just oh, for, for the, well, anyone that isn't familiar in the audience. Yeah, the only thing I know uh, about it is I heard James Corbett. I, I saw a video from two or three years ago where he's dressed up like a. Well, first of all, when I first heard about it a few years ago, my first reaction was, "What Antifa? The Antifa Convention?" And um, as I got more educated little bit wiser about what anarchy really is it's not no rules it's no rulers and then got acquainted with what anarchapoco was and what i found out is it's a series of amazing fascinating speakers you know ron paul james corbett charlie's robinson's going to be emceeing it i mean and just a whole host of other people a lot of good people a lot of individual unique ideas and what really kind of is the icing on the cake of this. Somebody wants to know what this event's all about, especially if they're not familiar with anarchism or anarch, well, anarchism is their big event for the whole week is going out at night and releasing baby sea turtles into the ocean. And I'm like, whoa, now that's an event I can get behind. So this year I tried to go last year, but by the time I really heard about it, it was too late. There was a lot of things going on. So I'm going this year. And the fucked up thing about it, so I got to get with the airline, is I made my arrangements a month ago, pre-Otis. So um, I know that my event ticket is paid for. That's that's solid. But I got an email from whoever I booked it from, orbitspriceline.com, saying that there's some changes to the booking schedule because I flew into Acapulco airport and it's pretty much dust right now. And then I had this really cool three bedroom condo. God, I love Mexico. I just love Mexico. That was, had its own private beach club and private beach access. And when I went on Google map, I looked at it and I'm like, Oh shoot. And it's just a, it's a complex. I and mean, it's probably five minute walk to the beach club. There's just a bunch of different condos there. Three bedrooms, two bath, 112 bucks a night out the door. That's cleaning fees. That's taxes. That is the fee for Airbnb. But now, those two things, my airline ticket and my accommodations are up in the air. So I'm hoping that I can get hold of at least the, my contact for the Airbnb and see if at least it's still there. I know the building's there, but... You know, a lot of damage, a lot of glass work done. So that's my kind of take, but I'm really looking forward to it. And I think it's going to be really cool to go down and meet a bunch of people in person. That's a whole yeah. thing that I'm really looking forward to meet Charlie in person, to meet other people, because it makes such a big difference. And maybe that's maybe not. Yeah, it does make a big difference when you know somebody in person and you've drank with him, so to say, as opposed to 
you know, like what we do, which I think is fantastic. So that's one one thing I'm really looking forward to. And I probably went on and I have a way of making short stories long. So that's my little story on Anarchapoco. Anybody that's out there listening, I would highly, highly suggest looking into it. If you can't go, at least get with Rick Berwick. Go to Dollar Vigilante. He's doing amazing work to bring supplies into Acapulco to when the government is not really doing anything. So Dollar Vigilante, Rick Berwick, Acapulco, you can search for it. I don't have the links right now, but go to it. And if you can, you got extra money in your pocket. You want to have a good time, be interesting people. It's still going as far as I know. So get on with it and book yourself a, a ticket for a Narcopoco this year in February. Yeah, and Miriam Hanin is going to be there too, who I had on uh, TMP Live as well. It's just like I brought everybody like together Mary. just like all at once, and then it, it turned out that it was just all the people from Anarchapoco. So, I mean, no coincidences. But... No. <laughs> and, and, and Nature Boy, um, mm-hmm. um, I know in the at, at the lead up to all that was, you know, the anarchy and uh, Anarchapoco was where they shut down, like, you know, the, the citizens, you know, shut down the police and they started, you know, uh, 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 just doing the traffic signals themselves or whatever and the, the traffic cleared up and all that so that was kind of the gist of you know where that how that you know started and all that so i'm curious to know how much of that is you know still actually going on and and no, and no. what kind of impact you know if if it has actually you know led to a more anarchist you know based uh, philosophy of the government of the area that you know is still a, a positive thing or is it just the same old thing and now they go there and have anapurkal anarchapurkal <laughs> that that time will tell but i do find it interesting um that especially considering the historic s- s- factor of this storm that it hit dead zero where max egan bar is and where Anarchapoco is going to be held. <laughs> no way. Yeah, dude, right there, man. The eye <laughs> of the storm. And guess what? That's exactly where my freaking condo was. Boom, right there. That's where the eye of the storm came in. So, Did you guys um, hear anything about how that storm went about? Yeah, just out of nowhere. It went to a Cat 5 with a matter of a few hours. People went to bed at night. Woke up at one o'clock in the morning with the strongest storm to ever hit the Pacific. And from what Rick Burwell has said, I hope I pronounce his name right, is there was no rain. Yeah, that's what I heard oh. too. And that there was no a, rain, was no a, rain. Uh, a tornado okay. too. And not the Blind Melon song. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Shannon Hoon, baby. He was good. Just... Yeah, that was, there was anomalies with these. It, that if it's true, and this is what Rick said, but I take everything with a grain of salt because I've never heard of a hurricane with no rain. But if it is, say it's rock solid proof, right? Comes out well. See, I'm new. Well, you know, this storm that's come through. It's just global warming, and you know how bad global warming's getting. <laughs> this is the first hurricane that never had rain, 
And it's category five. That's her, that. That's right. Now, now we're going to have Al Gore on coming live from the WEF to tell you about how we need to <laughs> install carbon taxes and we need to put a global gosh darn ID. <laughs> that, that's how dry it is around here. The hurricane ain't got no rain. You no, know? <laughs> it's like a desert with wind. You talk about a blowjob. Oh, Lord, gosh darn. This thing could do a lot more than suck a golf ball through a gun hose, if y'all know what I mean. <laughs> you do much better impressions than I do, sir. I tried I doing Hulk Hogan, and I fucked it up so bad the other week. So terrible. I, so terrible. I can't, I, can't do, I can't do impressions. I can only do voices because I've got a lot of them in my head, and yes. my problem is that they're all talking at the same time, and I got one mouth. So I know. The, the, the carnival's always in fucking town. I mean, I'm, that's why I'm yes. so glad that they did it as the third eye carnival too. Because when I think of that uh, third eye concept, I think of the band Tool. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, my friend John Henry just got to see uh, Tool and awesome. I'm sorry, Tom. I'm fucking it up because I'm so used to bringing. No worries, on. brother. You want to bring Harlan we can just on? Keep playing oh, around with it. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom's learning how to fucking produce the shit, and I'm fucking it up. I'm, I was like, Tom, I'll help tonight. I fucked up the intro. I fucked up. It's all good, brother. We'll time. work it out, man. It's the first show. You know what I mean? This is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Producing. Producing shit. But uh, no, I, I am uh, currently looking up the uh, track, those damn blue collar tweakers, and putting that in the chat for everybody to check out if they're not familiar with that jam. So I, I, I can't say that I remember that one. I will have to you know look what? that up myself. I'm I'm gonna drop it in the Streamyard chat right now, so you can save it for later. Boop. Cool. <laughs> but no, I, I I posted the wrong damn thing. God, I'm things. So, oh, and man. also, I wanted bad idea. I want to mention I, at the beginning of the show, I, I posted in the chat a link to Lucy Parsons' lecture on the principles of anarchy. So I would encourage everybody to read that, which, you know, was something that's kind of been, uh, you know, very, uh, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's a good read. And, you know, if people want to kind of get a better understanding of, of that, I, that's, you know, something that I identify with nature boy, even like, you know, read a version of it one time on another podcast. And, and, uh, so I encourage everybody to look into that and, and just kind of see how it relates to, you know, we're, you know, right back where we kind of were in the 1800s and, and, uh, you know, how those structures that were at play then and are at play now, you know, are kind of, you know, I'm gonna let you do it, Tom. Sorry. No worries. sir. <laughs> Time might not repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme, doesn't it, gentlemen? Sure oh, does it certainly rhyme. does. And uh, what I can do here is is that I'll just briefly pull this up just uh, for our, our watching audience um, that I can share this. This is what uh, Vance had shared. Uh, this is in the comments section on Rumble here, but I also just dropped it in the chat. So if you all want to take that link and bookmark it, uh, this is it here from the Anarchist Library. So you guys can go check that out. Um, we like being able to document stuff like that here at TMP. So thank you very much, Vance. I appreciate when people drop links. Like if you all are in the audience right now, even if you're just listening on your phone with one earbud in, run around the fucking house like I am all the time. Um, you know, if you know something like this and you want to share it with other people, that is the best thing you can fucking do. Because something like this could bring people light years, you know, into uh, into this. 
Um, it can it can break something with their brain, just like it has all of ours at some point, and brought us to a conversation like this with one another. So that that's why I encourage it. Uh, but just wanted to throw that out there. You know, I, I think that's. Well, I mean, throughout the throughout the years, they've bastardized that word anarchy. So you know what I True. mean. Yeah. Well, that, that's and, and you'd be surprised. They've bastardized meaning, dude. They've bastardized the meaning of things in general. Yeah. Like all of our symbols, all of our fucking country shit, our flag, everything. Like we've had some comments about like our our new setup here, our new background, and everything. Somebody asked if we're antifa. Fuck no, we're not. We're not, we're not interested. <laughs> well, probably in because of the of, black and white. So yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. But they're not. They're not. I mean, we're not part of. That's why I added the DX suck it uh, type of uh, stuff. Yeah. With it, you know, so that everybody can understand that we're not part of any fucking group here, but this group. Like if our anybody, friends, our family, like the, the that that's that's what it's about. Like if anybody know, has a question yeah. on Antifa and anarchy, all I got to say is just do some history, man. Just learn some history, and you'll find out real quick. Look up yeah. the term dark money. <laughs> hey, there's a whole series, I think, of something called dark money. Oh, dude, yeah, that's uh, it's, it, out it's, there. <laughs> it's not super super in depth, but if it's for somebody that's new to it. Oh yeah, it'll it'll pop some cranial circuit breakers if you know what I mean for some newbies. Like, huh? what do you mean there's there's three buildings that came down on night on on nine eleven? What, what I I thought it was only the north tower and the, the south tower. What what what's just building building number what seven? Hmm. And then I remember the days of YouTube because you could watch them like that. Next thing it would be an OKC thing, and you'd you'd see. Building number what? And because they had less the roles. One in they, OKC. Less, they had less stupidity back there. You could watch shit like that on YouTube. Yes. Now what the fuck can you do on YouTube? You can't do nothing, man. I, no matter what I'm watching, right? I could try, if every once in a while I could find something that's got some teeth to it. Yeah. I look at the recommended videos. It is music, music type videos, producer type videos, yacht type videos, brainless type videos. And it's like it's everything that YouTube could do to try to get me off of this type of subject. And most of the time, it doesn't work. But I got to say, admit, sometimes it works. Give me a good Naughty Styles video on there. And I'm like, oh, oh $340 million yacht. Oh, <laughs> yeah. an hour long documentary that goes into the engine room. Oh, I'm there. I am in there. That's, that's ridiculous there's some, tech. There's still that's some pretty cool stuff being shown on um, on uh, YouTube. Like, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys, if you're all familiar with Joey Diaz, the comedian. Oh, yeah. yeah. I fucking love that dude, man. He's on dude YouTube. I go watch him there. So, you know, I mean, now if I want to watch conspiracy stuff, I'll probably go to Rockfin or something like that, you know. But I'd, I'd volunteer you, Tom, for a Stars of Death challenge with uh, Joey Diaz. That'd be one motherfucker of an evening. <laughs> uh, dude, I've been thinking about that, brother. Um, I've, I've, yeah, my wife has uh, emailed back and forth with that dude many times. So yeah, man, um, people like that usually have connects. Like I know he has a, a co-host type person that does his podcast and stuff. Find so, his I name. Mean, put it put together a good booking letter you need a template i got one of those from somebody i know (laughs) once you saw it you're like in booking and this is for anybody out there that's new to podcasts that has any interest in trying to start a podcast right and you need guests right 
Yeah. You need a good booking letter. And once you get that, it's easy, man. I have snagged so many, so many people, right? Really much higher than I thought I could I could book when I used to do booking for another show we shall not mention at this present point. But that's all about a booking letter. Booking oh, letter, booking letter. Because we're anarchists, doesn't mean we can't clean up nice, Tom, you know. <laughs> oh no, no, no. That's what it's all about, brother. You know no, what I mean? You don't want to let everybody know that you're an anarchist. That's none of their business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like no. I had a disc I went to the dump uh last weekend and uh the guy uh I was started talking to one of the guys um at that work there and we kind of got into some politics, you know, and how the system works and stuff like that. And uh, you know, and he was telling me how much he didn't really care for Biden. And I was like, Well, dude, I'll be honest with you, I don't think there's a whole lot of people that do uh care for Biden right now, to be honest with you. Um, you know, so we kind of got into that a little bit and then uh and then I told him, I said, Hey, look, um, uh, do me a favor, dude. Don't, don't vote for Trump either. Cause he's not, he's not going to do us any good. He's, you know, he's an old New York Democrat always has and always will be. Um, so he, you know, and, and then I proceeded to tell him that his name right along with Steve Bannon's is on the flight logs of Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein. And apparently he didn't know that. And uh, his jaw hit the ground. He was like, are you kidding me? And I said, no, dude. I said, so if you vote for Trump, it's a good chance you're voting for another child molester. Um, So he kind of took off for a minute. And then he came back and he was like, hey, man, I just really want to thank you. The discussion It kind of opened up my mind a little bit. And I said, this is what I want to tell you, brother. What, What we just did was a form of anarchy. We talked about the system, the government. We did not argue about what we talked about one time. We mainly yeah. agreed on everything except for the stuff about Trump, but um, we didn't fight with each other over it. And I said, dude, that's this is how we need to do this. We need to yes. be able to communicate with one another without arguing and uh, let our egos be behind us and, yeah. uh, and and just listen. You know what I mean? Instead of trying to be, oh, no, this is the way it should be. This is the way it should be. That's not the way it should be. We need to we need to learn how to communicate with each other, put our differences aside, put our skin colors aside, our sexual orientations aside, because what you do in your room is none of my fucking business. As long as you're not hurting kids or old people. I don't care what you do now. That's freedom. Okay, this other stuff that everybody wants to talk about freedom. It's all bullshit. They don't know what freedom is. Freedom is the government doesn't get to tell you what to do with your body, period, man or woman. And that's where I leave that. The government doesn't ever tell me what I can and can't do with my body, nor will it tell me to do something to my children or to my wife. That's never going to happen. So when people start to wake up to that, that's when we'll have freedom. Because I don't care what you do as long as you don't hurt nobody in the process. You know what I mean? Um, if, you know, if, if the, um, you know, if the, the, my neighbor next door is getting beat by her husband, you know, and I hear it, of course I'm going to do something about it. You know, uh, at least say something to her like, hey, would you like some help or something? Or have my wife go over there at one time when the old man's not home and have a talk with her. You know what I mean? Because ain't nobody should be beat on. So, um yeah, you know, that's that's how I that's how I see freedom. 
Yeah, I don't, like a less, know, I, less construction and of rules and other things like that in society does not mean it's wide open for victimization. In fact, yeah. I think it's the rules that are in fucking place that cause the victimization. Absolutely. So anytime I can have a discussion with somebody and talk about, you know, like right now there's an electrician at my work and he's a Trumper and I know it. And I kind of like Jesus or just a yeah, and and I kind of jab a little bit at him. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you know, maybe you should not take the vaccine or whatever. The you know what I mean? Like, I try to tell him that the majority of the people probably didn't die from from COVID; that they died from the ventilators and from the remdesivir. But he proceeded so, so to tell me. Is, Tom, let me ask you a question. I shut up. No, no. You're saying he was. So he was to eat up with the Magatar and he ran out and got the jab. I, I would assume he did. He's so after four years of Trump jabbing him in the ass, he conned him into getting jabbed in the arm. Well, it's that's what it sounds like, yeah. You know? Okay, go and, ahead. And then he and then he proceeded to tell me that he three people in his family had died from, from COVID. So, you know what I mean? Like when he said that I had to kind of stop because he wasn't understanding where I was going with this. So yeah, it's a little difficult to try to get, but I'm going to still keep, I'm going to keep pecking at the dude. You know what I mean? I'm going to let him know that I'm a conspiracy analyst that I look into these kind of things. And uh, so maybe it'll open his mind a little bit. You know what I mean? Tell him Trump is the leader of the Corona cartel. <laughs> Here, here's a good little piece of, let me interject here I, this will definitely relate to what you're talking about Tom and support 100% about Trumpers I, I love Orange Jesus by the way as a, even as a Christian I'm like <laughs> yes. that's so funny that's just funny uh, this is from uh, Anna Farmer I've got her first name it was Epstein's the first person that ever came forward for with um, legitimate, basically his first victim is what she's called. Last name is Farmer, not familiar with her name, but I'm sure everybody out there listening on the chat knows um, we'll come up with it. But that's not the point. I was listening to an interview that she gave and she told a tale about in the 90s how she used to drive around with one of her best friends. And what they would do in the limo is they'd go along to schools and anytime they'd see a good looking little 12, 13, and they even included the older ones that are 14, they'd jump out and she'd go out and say, hey, would you like to be a model? Give her her card. Here, just come by. We'll pick you up. We'll do whatever. But the, that whole thing, right? We know where that led. Anybody that's studied the Epstein case. And it was kind of a cringy story, but it was true. So the person that was her one of her best friends that used to do this all the time in, you know, down in Florida with, and probably in New York, was none other than Ivanka Trump. Ivana, I always get the daughter and mother, um, Trump's first wife, the, the Ivana or Ivana, Ivana yeah, Ivanka's Ivana. mama. Ivanka's mama used to cruise around, best friends. Again, oh, the mama. 90s. Another one of the mamas. The mom, all over the place in this class. I just it's crazy about a story different day. But I just found it interesting that you have Trump's going to take out all these things. He's going to bust all these gosh damn predators. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. He's he's on our side, and George Jesus is going to save us all and get all of them sick bastards. Put them all in the Line them up. Go on, up on. Wall, right? And then it comes out, ah, dude, so your your wife, the daughter of your little, you think's a hot thing, Ivana, uh, was her best friend and her and Gislaine. Gislaine is like the caller. We used to drive around picking up chicks so Epstein could recruit them and groom them. Find that interesting. I just find that interesting. So I don't think Orange Jesus is going to save anybody except his thin orange skin. I can't remember the lady's name and she actually she was on podcast and I think she had her own podcast and probably still does and she was the wife of one of the eagles like the drummer or you know uh, I forget which, which eagle and, and she was like a model you know when they got you know together back when the eagles were you know hot mm-hmm. and all that and hanging out at some you know whatever the you know the the end place to be in, in New York or whatever and his limo driver would come in Trump's limo driver would come into the club and you know scope out the women and come up and approach them and you know say you know Donald Trump's outside in the limousine wants y'all to come you know hang out and party and you know etc and and uh, she basically said she she never did but you know other girls did and and she just thought he was creepy and all that so uh, you know that that doesn't mean that you know that they weren't underage women or you know anything else but he's definitely a perv so you know well if you're, if you're in a club you know unless they had fake ids right that that's legal beaver bro so yeah, yeah. i can't fault a guy to go yeah. in and sit his limo in and get a bunch of legal beaver come up here and go have a good time. In fact, I wish I had that opportunity back in the day. That's legal yeah. beaver. So, no, I'm beaver. just saying, you know, he's definitely, you know, even the way that he, you know, talks about women and just, you know, his daughter and all that kind of stuff, you know, he's definitely a horn dog. So I can see him going to Epstein's. And look, everybody that went to Epstein's didn't necessarily, you know, screw a, a, a you know, a minor, you know, I'm sure they had, you know, legal age women they're available too but you know just by you know association you know they can claim you're guilty and all that kind of stuff so you know that's kind of you know another you know. the rules that them's the rules and those the one who wrote them well look they're the ones <laughs> yeah. these people are the ones that open themselves to this because they went to his island so what are people yeah. gonna think you know what i mean yeah, yeah i understand they're gonna think all those people that went there were child molesters now, if they did go to that island and that shit was going on, whether they did it or not, in my eyes, they are a fucking child molester because they didn't stop that shit. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be, you know, I wasn't trying to give Trump a pass or anything. I'm just saying because, you know, like I, I've tried to um, throughout uh, the podcast that I've been involved with, I've tried to make this a, a, a very strong point that this is going on. This is a trillion dollar industry. It's not going to stop unless we put our, we say no. You know what I mean? Like what, just like with a lot of the things that are going on right now, all we have to do is say no and do not participate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we right. Don't. That, 
Yeah, that that's the whole deal. I mean, and, you know, Jeffrey Epstein. Well, nobody's, you know, nobody's ever going to find out what happened with that, you know, or oh, no. whatever, you know. That I mean, that's already down the fucking memory hole, and and you know, oh, the, the, huh? Who, who did Jizz Lane traffic those uh, miners to? That's it. You know, is that is that the first person in history that's ever been convicted? Of human trafficking without anyone actually the person that uh, you know did the buying and the swapping and the trading and the fornicating. Only, only yeah. time, only time them high level perverts ever get burned is if somebody wants them burned and they just release a videotape, leak it out. There like, are many so, more Epstein's out there, yes, sir. But oh, yeah. the ones that are truly the ones in charge, right? They'll cut out the spoke, and Epstein, and during but there it's a whole wheel with all sides of spokes, kind of like those old school low rider rims, just nothing but two <laughs> rows of spokes. So they just clip one out, and the people are like, oh my god, the pedophile issue is over. And what they fail to see is all those other spokes, and then on top of that, they fail to see the wheel, and on top of that, the most important thing. Ain't nobody ever look at the hub. Hub and ain't, ain't no seen. And ain't nobody wanting to see or hear, you know, Trump said that he wished Ghislaine well. And her <laughs> Those people all run together, in my opinion. And now, do all... any of you think that she's in prison right now? It, that, it can be fake, but it would hard to be. It, well, in this day and age, man, I don't believe shit. So yeah, it's, it's it's very plausible, you know. Like I say, they just report she's in jail, and you know she, you know, they, they got her in the secret, you know, you know the special, you know, nobody knows who's in that cell, you know, and they just say that's just, you know, Jislene Mac, whatever, you know. I mean, it's not, it's not, you know. I don't think that implausible to, you know, have somebody just be assumed to be in jail and not actually even be in jail but you know i don't know why they would you know not kill her and kill him and you know all that because so you know, i'll answer that right he, he might not even be dead you know who the fuck knows That's, yes yeah but i'll answer that question you just asked why is she alive and he's not because she's a maxwell she's a maxwell <laughs> Look or or why is he not right dead? There. Maybe if he's not dead, why is he a dead? And, you know, not dead, and you know she's in jail. Or you know, it, it, you know who who really knows? But you know that even like you know during war is is you know there's all kinds of human trafficking. That's like a a, a you know a, a a sign. You know all the people in Libya and all you know the you know during all this time and and you know just you know what about all the the illegal you know children that you know they have you know rounded up there's a guy recently talking about he worked in you know that system and was in new york and had all these you know children at, and he they would call him like and he'd have to deliver these children to an airport you know here and there uh you know at like three or four o'clock in the morning you know it was always at night during the night and you know they'd have to show up at the airport at you know three o'clock in the morning to, you know, get on the flight and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, nobody knows where all these kids are and, and kids were saying, you know, don't make me go with this person. I don't know him. And, you know, this guy was testifying to that stuff and, you know, well, I think that if the level of child trafficking 
hypothetically was ever revealed to the general public, it would be to such levels that a large part of the population would not be able to even begin to fathom that what they're seeing is real. Um, I've, you know, there's so many dark stories that, yeah, they could have some truth. They could not, but there's so many that are verifiable, man, that it shows at least to somebody who has their eyes somewhat open that this combination between high power elites, and by the way, this goes throughout history, and vile, vile pedophilia goes hand in hand. It exists, it has always existed, and to this day, it still exists. It's oh, part of the elites thing. That's what they're into. And if this, war, if this third world war starts... All that shit's going to ramp up. Everything like that's just going to ramp up. Yeah. Kids are going to go missing in these countries. You know? Yeah, think about it. You know, in Ukraine, Ukraine is notorious for reports about human trafficking, child trafficking. The most, even before they went, it's, it's been known as the most corrupt government in the world. And if you want anything illegal, right? Back in the day, you just go to Ukraine, you can get it. And think about since you, somebody said something about the wars ramping up, you know, all the children that are just gone missing, nobody knows what happened to them because it's wartime. Are they dead? Are they displaced? Are they refugees? Or are they being loaded on a plane in a secret airfield at three o'clock in the morning? Hard to tell, man. Hard to tell. Well, it's just like that. Um, the kids missing in Lahaina. Yeah, Where'd they go? Where are the parents? Where are the parents mourning the loss of their children? With another thing, too. Yeah, where'd they go? You know, that's that's another thing that's got swept underneath the rug. You know, you know, it, it's something just popped in my brain, and I'm going to shut my mouth up because I think I've talked too much. Um, is I recently saw and it had a director booked him called Drew Tregley. It's the Jones Plantation. Anybody that hasn't seen the Jones Plantation, I recommend it highly, highly, highly. It's one of the best movies I've seen since Idiocracy. It's a, it's a comedy, but it's very socially poignant. And in it, the slave owner, Mr. Mr. Jones, is talking to his slave consultant that he recently hired who has very unorthodox methodologies. For the time. Right. And Mr. Smith looks at Mr. Jones and he says something along these lines. If you want to rule the world, you must be willing to do what most people think is unthinkable. And Mr. Jones's reply to Mr. Smith was one of the most unthinkable things is that people, you know, he said that men like you even exist. Mr. Smith's reply back to Mr. Jones with a big smile as he tapped him on the forehead. Boom. That is our biggest advantage. So poignant. Harlan shared uh, a really awesome cartoon version of uh, a related uh, Jones plantation story. Well, it was, was, awesome was based off of. We, yeah. we played it on the screen. 
Oh yeah, man. No, that was awesome. Yeah. And that concept nature boy that you're describing there with the Jones plantation was also one of the kind of themes or whatever in 1984 when, you know, uh, Wilson and who was the Winston the, Winston, I mean, and the antagonist was saying, and, you know, you know, we're, we're willing to do things, you know, that no one else, that the fascists weren't willing to do and the communists weren't willing, you know, that, that, you know, so it, it, kind of ties into all that you know and you know and the the jones plantation in my mind you know sums up to you know just kind of points out we're just free-range slaves you know so you know that it's getting more and more obvious i don't know if the veil is lifting or if it's just that you know it's it's really hard to you know ignore anymore you know it's, it's so much out in the open you know it's like you know we better wake up pretty quick because, you know, it's coming down the road. And, and in my mind, the only thing that's really going to stop what it seems like, you know, they got, you know, lined up for us. And it it, it, it always seems like, you know, it they, they can, it seems like something just inevitable and they can stretch it out and stretch it out and stretch it out. But just kind of the way this is kind of all kicking off, you know, in the, in the order that it is with, you know, it, it seems like they're, you know, maybe, you know, pushing for that 2024 date, you know, with the, the population count and, and, uh, the only thing that's going to stop it is, uh, you know, a 1960s style, you know, peace revolution, you know, people, you know, mass, uh, you know, public, uh, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, disobedience, which doesn't mean, you know, uh, violence. It just means, like I say, enough of us, you know, there's, you know, the, the, the uh, Oliver Anthony song, I don't I'm sure some of y'all are bound to be aware of that song, you know, Richmond, North of Richmond, and it just kind of went to number one in like, you know, two weeks on the iTunes charts and all this of a guy that never, you know, played anywhere other than around his local town and, and, uh, and just hit us, you know, resonated with hip hop people and, and country people and heavy metal people and, and, you know, so the, you know, the, the, there needs to be a, you know, a major, you know, uh, like like on the 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 uh, the movie uh, uh, network or whatever, everybody needs to walk outside at one time. You know, at this time tomorrow, everybody's going to walk outside and open the door. So we want peace now, goddammit, motherfucking now, at all costs. At all costs, if you just got to, you know, wipe out the debt across the world and restart the economy, you know, that then so be it. You know, that's what we need to do. But right now, you know, I'm sorry uh, I, I, that, that I'm, I'm getting to the, the extreme in that. But but that's, you know, that's what's going to have to take to put these people that are planning this stuff that can plan it out, you know, to happen tomorrow or they can plan it out to happen 100 years from now or they'll keep trying until they do and all that. So. You know, we have to just like we we're doing. Everybody on this call, you know, are, are challenging people's you know perception of you know why and when and how and and you know. So you know, eventually, hopefully, enough of us will you know figure it out enough to you know make that type of a, a statement again, like we were you know able to do before. You know, they they were able to control the narrative to the level level that they're able to control it now. So. What would probably, you know, happen if uh, 
they may wipe out all the debt saying as you know the only debt i've got is like 169 dollars credit card debt on almost thirty thousand dollars worth of credit cards that'd be my luck if i went out and bought a new truck or something all their old hell they'd never wipe it up but i'd like to point something out about, about what nature boy's talking about the human trafficking there was a girl a couple of counties over from me i dropped a link in the chat over on rumble her name was summer Wells. she disappeared a couple of years ago and they've looked everywhere couldn't find anything whatsoever uh, allegedly allegedly folks allegedly you know her, her family was a little rough and kind of been in trouble you know and everything and uh you know some people you know points the finger at them you know i don't know there's you know some stuff out there you know about the case but you know here they never could find anything you know pointing that the family did anything you know she just up and was gone and there was some, you know, stories about, you know, she was sold off or she was sent to up in the northeast somewhere. I'm not going to get into all that, which I don't remember every little detail word from word to stuff I've heard here and there over the last couple of years. But that's one of the uh, examples, you know, how some kids has just up and disappeared. And like in her case, she would have had to been basically, you know, either shift out of there she would have to be underground somewhere under concrete and a lake you know she'd have to be somewhere you know she didn't vanish uh you know in thin air but uh you know that's that's a leading theory that you know she'd been kidnapped yeah. uh sad fact that it even exists i can only you know if you use empathy could you imagine being in a six-year-old's position when that's happening and just the whole ordeal that they go through so sorry i just didn't mean to bring the conversation down it just popped in my brain but yeah i, I wish wish i, I just wish that we lived in a world where the psychopaths and the sociopaths didn't rule the game people like us well we're, we're getting our voice out i think one of the things is the saving glory is independent media um just the whole, if you look at it as a whole, it has really made an effect. It's been good punch. If my my thing is, can we all just get along? I'd love to yeah, see the world can be kumbaya and hold our hands and go, you know, we got enough technology well, yeah. and resources where we like, all would live good. But no, we got the psychopaths and the sociopaths. They're running the fucking asylum. So guess what? Those same people, it's a long uphill battle for us. But I think if we keep fighting... Good will eventually prevail. Call it romantic, call it optimistic, but that's kind of what I believe. And I think it's also led to a higher power, a power that's beyond us. And somebody who said earlier that we don't have coincidences. And I think that unbeknownst to us at the specific time, certain powers could be working and using us as positive pawns, man. And personally, if I'm used as a positive pawn to bring at least a little bit of change to change at least one person, I'm good with it, man. Use me, baby. Use me. <laughs> and, well, and I'll add, you know, I, the, the, what you when you started out, it, and I can't remember now the very beginning of it, but the uh, 
I wrote a little verse or whatever that, that uh, gosh, I can't think of the very first, but the key to freedom's peace begins with empathy. Yeah. So, you know, empathy is something that is, you know, sorely lacking in this, uh, you know, kind of narrative that is driven, you know, through all these kind of crises and all that kind of stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, like, I mean, that, that's, you know, part of, you know, being, you know, becoming more enlightened or aware of whatever is being able to put yourself in, you know, those in, in the other you know, position and, and, you know, that's something that, that needs to be done. I would like to say to any of these people that are supporting any of the, you know, this narrative that's going on now with the Middle East stuff and say, okay, well, you know, how would you feel if you were born in Palestine? You know, there's a meme that I like and it's how to make a terrorist first with three pains on it. First pain as a kid. It's a cartoon morning the loss of his dad who just got rebelized. The next one is the kid at about five years old with a toy gun. The third one is the kid as an adult with an Al-Qaeda flag around his neck and an AK-47. So how would, I mean, I personally think empathy is such a powerful tool. And just anybody out there, just put yourself in the situation, say you were living in a war zone and you were in the war zone happened to be your neighborhood here in America, the land of the safe and the free. We've never been invaded. And you saw an unrelenting barrage of missiles that took out you, your family, everybody you've known and everything that you've ever known. And by some miracle, you survived. Would you not want, whether right or wrong, to take vengeance or at least retribution, make the people atone to the damage that you, they did to you? And that's all they've known, too. You know, let's point yeah. that out. You know, you know, when you've got those little kids like that and they've grown up in the world without parents and then they've heard you know all the stories and then the, the stuff that they've physically seen i, I mean how, how would how would any of us felt you went through that and, then, and here again it was just humans and there it was you know they was born to it and there they are Go and ahead. to throw something more from a social engineering standpoint what better group of people to social engineer in one generation than poverty-stricken children that have gone through trauma, mass trauma, no and you take, you take them in, you feed them, and you teach them whether philosophy that you want to teach them, whether that be good or evil. And there's many cases that cults, for lack of a better term, have taken in disadvantaged, wounded people and made them into psychopathic killers. Hmm, let me see what Manson might have come to mind, but you know, oh, that was history. Um, we don't talk about history. Look into the orphan trains. Yes, they were. They've been doing this for years. Um, uh, I can't. Greg Reese, he did a, a little video on on this, mm -hmm. and it was pretty impactful. Um, it started out with right now the Vatican's probably behind most of the trafficking of the children. Oh. 
don't you yes. how dare you say anything about the yeah 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 <laughs> talk hey, about I'm another dude who does great um voiceover work though uh nature boy you know greg what? reese greg reese has done great voiceover work you know for no, years, you know with with his little clips like his info wars a lot yeah yeah oh, and that's why i recognize him. Stuff, oh, man. Man. yeah yeah you see yeah. the voice for info wars that guy yeah he's yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. he's got some clips five man well, clips go mm-hmm. ahead i've always no, yeah, yeah, yeah harlan you got it. it you were right on you were right on there well he, he made a, a 15 minute little documentary or whatever you want to call it about um uh the the trains they were called uh um orphan trains basically what they would do is they would pick these kids up and take them to um what they were calling uh nut houses you know for the crazy people would go but that's not what they were doing they were housing children there and uh, a lot of our uh, leaders from back in the day came from these from these schools because they were teaching them how to be psychopaths putting them in these situations and of course today this is what we get you know most of our politicians um have probably um, went through some type of stuff like that and it just you know they teach their kid this is what they do to their kids so on and so forth along the line and this is how they continue to be still be psychopaths or whatever you want to whatever you want to call you know and i don't even know if they're people just as John D, I think it was John D, the original Rockefeller, used to boast, boast how he would defraud and lie to his children at any chance he got. And he did that, in his words, as a form of training. Yeah. Think about that, man. If your whole life, your dad deceived you, robbed you, lied to you. You would that's just natural training ground to become a psychopath because you are who your parents are. And then, you know, that's a, that's a big, yeah. Special. Well, you know, they're, they're getting it from their parents, they're getting the trauma from their parents. There's a know? lot of stories about that when you talk about royal families and elite families of children going through that exact same thing, you know, and, and basically breaking the children and then reforming the children into a psychopathic model that will continue on the agenda the way the agenda was taught to the people, their parents, who are torturing and psychologically injuring their kids, and so on and so on. And kind of ties back to the thing about molesters. A molester was a molester, was molested. Whose molester most likely was molested. And that's why there's incestual generational molestation through specific families. So, Yes, sir. Well, it's all, it's all interesting. Excuse me? That's the old model of closer to kin to deeper in. You know, that's the southern thing where these these kids has been abused, you know, for generations, and it just keeps carrying down. Yeah. Why do you and, think? And why do you think Matt, Epstein like trailer trash? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it goes on everywhere. You know, that's that's another. You know, I'm I'm on a you know pull up. A, a trope gimmick here, you know, it's it's kind of all laid up on, um, you know, the South and the trailer parks. But, you know, I mean, when you, when you get on a porn site, you, you don't see uh, all these stepmothers and brothers and sisters, you know, movies that just pops up. You know, you rarely ever see one model in a trailer park. It's always in a big, fancy, nice home in a big city around on the West Coast. Airbnb, baby, for a hundred bucks. Right. For one day, you can pour. You, you could bring a whole trailer park in there. You got three rooms, 
and you could do a lot of porno in that one day for $150. That's all I got to say. And then you put them back in the park. Man, just saying, just saying. Yeah, I'm not saying they coming out of trailer park, but they ain't all coming out of fucking Alabama and you know North Carolina and Kentucky. And they, they apparently, I've read, and you know, there's some theories or whatever that megalomania, you know, is hereditary, you know, as well as other, you know, kind of traits and and things like that. So then you top that off with, like you say, when you are dealing with these elitist types of, you know, people that are, you know, probably on some level, you know, megalomaniacs and, and uh, you know, they're, you know, grooming their kids to, you know, whatever degree and, and all that. And then, you know, that was, you know, we're talking, you know, before color TV and all that. And, you know, since we've got color TV, the, 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 you know, that's become the telescreen, you know, of the 1984 narrative and everything. And, and, uh, the, the culture, you know, is able to, you know, be manipulated to where I was, me and Carlin were talking recently, uh, about, you know, this kind of dynamic of the, the boomer generation, which, you know, they, you know, some people who suggest for, you know, sociopaths and, and, and that's kind of where the, the narrative shifted, you know, from, you know, the, uh, Ozzy and Harriet and leave it to Beaver and, you know, all that into the, you know, dynasty and, you know, Dallas and lifestyles of the rich and famous and, you know, just, you know, a, a, a glorification of, of the greed aspect, you know, the, uh, I even mentioned, you know, the, the movie Wall Street, you know, and Quentin, the, the director, the producer, whatever guy, you know, you know, is writing it kind of like as a satire of, of that dynamic. And then during that scene where they say, you know, greed is good. Well, you know, during the screening, everybody was like, yeah, you know, cheering. And he was like, oh, my God, you know, he didn't expect that type of reaction, you know, that people were, you know, yeah, let's, you know, what, how can I screw you and, you know, make more money? And so that's just been kind of the narrative that's been pushed and 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 uh, uh, rewarded, you know, and that's why we have, you know, this little, you know, click of, you know, the basically the middle class. Class now is the servants of, of these, you know, you know, point one percenters that are, you know, soaking up all the, the profit and the the actual wealth of, of the labor of all of us people that actually produce, you know, anything. And and, you know, so that that's uh, uh, hopefully going to, you know, you know, work its course and, and, and it's getting to the point now to where, you know, there's no getting out of, you know, a collapse in some form or fashion, you know, the bubble's going to pop, pop again and this is the biggest bubble they've ever blown. So, you know, we, we, you know, I don't, I don't hear any economists, you know, talking about this or whatever, but, you know, that, you know, just because, you know, they're going to, you know, collapse the economy, uh, you know, we we need to be you know uh, understand uh, get and, and I don't know how it's going to play out when it gets to that point if you know that but uh, you know we don't need them we can we can still you know grow you know vegetables and and produce you know run the the power plants and and all that you know so you know that going back to the Lucy Parsons thing you know that's you know that's you know sometimes you just got to take over the factory you know. 
so yeah sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> well in relation to that uh it's it's getting to that point gentlemen where if i don't urinate i might die um and then <laughs> I, I thought i also think that uh we should maybe give everyone a chance to uh give their final takeaways for you know tonight's uh broadcast and uh maybe tell people where they can be found and everything and just start Absolutely. wrapping it up a little bit but uh i did drop some uh links in the chat for people to check out you all mentioned greg reese uh so i put uh greg reese's link to his Substack. that was the easiest thing i could find with his name on a trustable platform um and then on top of that too it looks like that if you search for a and wake up at all on rumble that you cannot find it so Lo and behold, we have a reason why uh, every uh, AM wake up live stream probably gets fucking throttled uh, because the search engine on Rumble can suck dong. Um, but I did drop uh, some other links in there. Uh, Lee Gallman, who was in that great uh, Jones Plantation movie that was brought up on tonight's uh, conversation. I dropped that in there, too, because uh, AM wake up. They talked to Lee Gallman, uh, also known as Legal Man on the X, if you're on that shit platform, which we're on it, too can't be can't be too much of a hater if we're using it but if you are there using it too as it should be used like some of the people that we've talked about tonight um then go ahead and, and check that out too but then uh also i wanted to throw it to uh you know tom to see uh you know what do you think do you like the saturday night vibes do you like this these types of conversations man did we do the damn thing tonight that we wanted to do I think we did, brother. Um, we had three good gentlemen, including yourself, you know, on the well, and I, I, I thought it was a great conversation. That, I, I mean, I've heard that I'm a scumbag, but um, you know, I, yeah, I well, I've been Harlan called that and, too. So yeah, yeah, you know. but I do appreciate what Carlin <laughs> offered us. Um, I am sorry that I suck as such a lay person whenever it comes to like this type of gimmick, if you will, you know. So, but uh I, I do enjoy the conversation and learning about it. Definitely check out more of what Harland and our other friends have contributed to other conversations elsewhere. Um, and, and Vance, sorry about the whole uh, microphone deal at the beginning, but brother, you brought it tonight with a lot of stuff, and I can tell you're really passionate, man. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Well, I, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm sorry I, I kept you know hitting the wrong button and dropping the connection, so if that's causing you any hassle, I, brother, I've been I apologize. Brother, for Tom all night. Uh, Tom's been killing uh, uh, it on production. Like, everybody uh, should give fucking Tom a, a huge <laughs> like and a share for this episode. He did better on production I'm than trying, I did. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. bringing people in. I'm fucking stepping on everybody. Like, it's just, Tom's killing it tonight. So, great job, nah, dude. It's, it's been great, dude. I, I, I'm, this is comfortable. Um, we had good conversation tonight. Um, I do, I, I, I'm going to try to book some guests, but I want to try to get better. Uh, I got to work on doing my interview stuff. So asking questions and keeping the conversation going, I, I got to work on that. So, you know, um, you know this is, you gives me a good here. chance. You got a yeah. group of friends here. They can all lend to conversation and that's what we want Absolutely. on Saturday night. Everybody um, in the so, chat too. Shout out to everybody in the fucking chat tonight. So yeah, I, I do plan on trying to bring on some guests. I have some stuff in mind that I would like to, uh, to do with some oh, yeah. some people that i've been reaching out to um in twitter um so yeah Get at me brother oh. we'll help put it together like, yeah this 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 is a group effort you know i mean this is, uh, i'm gonna know, let you know six yeah i would like to get matt pike on this show at some point um okay, how so i'm going those. to to accomplish that i i don't know yet okay. um as soon as i get that dude's email i'm gonna bomb that 
you know, I, I he's into conspiracy stuff. Matt okay. Pike. He's the he's the uh, lead singer and guitarist for. Uh, no, he's not the lead singer. He's the lead guitarist for Sleep, and he's the lead Shit. guitarist uh, for his his band, okay. um, and and singer. So, I, I would. That's something I'm gonna. I'm going to pursue for this show at some point. Yes. Fucking a right. No. And um, I, I think that you know our friends at A Wake Up have talked to some musicians that we're all so fond of. You know, we need to get more people like that from that world into this shit because yes, that also that also brings it to more eyeballs because i am much more likely to fall into something because i love music and it's always around me and 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 if people in music are pointing people in directions towards content like this shouting people out make it going on shows and, and making it okay to have these open and uncensored conversations about topics like this to make it not taboo anymore like fuck that i don't want that anymore like, didn't we get over that shit in the 90s somewhere? Didn't Chappelle's show fucking show us that we don't need that shit anymore? We don't need mommy and daddy to tell us what to watch on TV anymore, goddammit. Like, we're there. We're adults now. We can have adult time. This is fucking Saturday Night Anarchy. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Six. Uh, and I, I want to thank Nature Boy, Harlan, and Vanarchy for coming on tonight. I, I appreciate it. Um, great conversation, gentlemen. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Um, uh, hey, and I know Dave's going to be starting up his own show here real soon, yes. and I'm super interested in that. Mm -hmm. um, and if he wants to talk a little bit about that tonight, that'd be awesome. If not, that's cool, too. Um, but I'm really looking forward to, to him doing his show, and I, I, I can't wait. So, Thank you. Yeah, it's um, I'm still in pre-production right now. Uh, there's okay. a lot to learn, especially on the video side. And I premiered my new set tonight learn a little bit about lights and all of that, but it's going to be, the name of it is going to be naughty by nature with nature boy. And nice. naughty is spelled as N A U T I as in nautical. And anybody that all my friends know that I'm a water child. So I think it's very fitting and it's going to, my, the whole goal of the whole show will be interesting people with interesting ideas for an interesting conversation. And I plan to pretty, pretty much have no boundaries on the topics, just as long as it's interesting and we can lay down an interesting conversation. And hopefully, hopefully, there'll be some listeners out there that will like it. And I'll be able to build an audience. But even if I don't, and I know it's very hard to build an audience, I'm not good at it. I'm a producer. I'm a producer. Damn it. Not a, not a promoter. Well, you already got one watcher because I'll be watching. Oh, thank you, thank you. I, th I, I, I think it'll be interesting. Me I'm too. Really open. Yeah, I'm going to take all of the, my skills I've developed as a producer, and from a production term as, as as talent, throw it against the wall, and try to produce the best show that I can. That'll be engaging, interesting, and of course entertaining. You know, because that's kind of one of the key things. And when it comes out, mm -hmm, excuse me, my estimate going. Yeah, exactly. And Harlan, you are one of the interesting motherfuckers I ever met. <laughs> Wise words from Harlan. <laughs> you gonna have to play a couple of them clips that you sent me. I will. I will. We don't have time now in order to know how to set it up. So that that's kind of the gist I'm on what I'm looking at. I'm hmm? talking about on your show, like you can go to a break or something, and you can just kind of like throw that in. You know the story with the older gentleman. You know. Oh yeah, dude. Of course, man. I've already got like bumpers made with you. I love them. Some are hilarious. Just wise words from Harland with some cheesy background music. You, 
the stories you tell are phenomenal and hopefully i'll be able to develop my story or if you come up with a little commercial dave i will definitely play it on this show for your show please i, th- I appreciate it i really want yeah. to reach out shit, I want to i'll make one and i'm also going to send you all of the video editing shit that i use like links to everything please that's another thing that i have to do is i'm, I'm yes. new at video and, and i'd really like to find something that's for your low cost that i could do multi-tracking editing so i can bring in each guest on individual tracks throw them in there at least do some basic mixing before i i, I take them it'd be nice to put them, to export them as individual tracks i can drop them into my audio what's called a daw in the professional world but audio recording yeah. software and that's where yeah. i can do the mixing with all the plugins and i use a like it's so easy dude it's like a fucking seat and say like uh yes. i am i am a fan of a really slick ui and this little program is very inexpensive like because i was going to work with like da vinci and other shit like that that's really taxing i have a video card but you know when it comes down to like this other one uh, it's so it's so like primordial but at the same time, like it's easy for me coming from the audio perspective because like yeah. I've done way much more in the field of audio when it comes to any type of editing. So, but but if you have that type of experience though, and you got some rhythm, like our, our boy Randy from Soundwave, shout out to fucking Randy from Soundwave because the AM wake up intro kills it. I just uh, with, followed him today. He came yeah. up on my what to follow, and I was like, I've yep. seen him. That's a good follow. That's a really good, good fucking follow. Yeah, because he he also promotes. He's part of the community. He doesn't fuck good. around. He messes with the right people, and you know respect. But uh, yeah, like that kind of inspiration though. Like I've get I've gotten into making little intros now and stuff, and it's been pretty easy for me to get into yeah. it. Um, so I, and I think you you would work well with this little program. I'm gonna share yeah. a bunch of shit with you. Yeah, my, my goal is to have it up and running by the beginning of the year. Right on. Um, and anybody out there who's producing, you know, there's a lot to pre-production. There's music, there's intros, there's this, there's that, there's URLs, RSS feeds. <gasps> and the list goes on and on and on. Well, in the future, I want to do how-to videos for that stuff. So it's maybe so I'll hit you up for some voiceover on that, you know, because uh, everybody yeah, in the yeah. audience loves your voice, brother. Any, oh, anywhere we go, anywhere we're at, <laughs> that's that's all we hear. It's funny how, you, how said, you said that. I was, <laughs> I was, I had the camera off, I think, and I was out in the kitchen really quick, and I heard you say something like that. I was like, "Oh, I'm thinking about the same thing too." I was thinking about the other day, right? My my background for lighting, basic lighting, right? What I want to do is I want to take my SM7, run a direct line in, into my um, Apollo, right? So I have just, or even my webcam, just the most basic like sound you could have that people will start with right and for the non-audio nerds right. out there at apollo and, is an audio interface and it's just fucking well, awesome well, best, <laughs> best bang for the buck anybody that wants to get into it and you have a budget right it's it costs a lot to get in but it's the biggest value because along with it you don't you get one of the best interfaces on the market but the you also get though. the plug and you get luna for free luna their their daw their this this recording software is amazing it's it, it's what 20 years ago, if you were to sit down, it would be a million dollar setup that you can get for two grand with the, pl- and that's with all the plugins you'll ever need, you know? So, but I'm sorry, I get, I, I'm audio geek. Me too. I do. I do like it. Um, and back to what we're talking about. Sorry, I got a little distracted there. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's me. And I'm just going to wrap it up. I, I just want to thank. Tom, thanks for letting me come on tonight for your premiere episode. Anytime, brother. You're welcome to come on my show anytime, Nature Boy. I will. You'll be seeing a lot of me. And Six, we'll be seeing each other on Friday in a couple weeks, right? 
Absolutely, brother. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, you know, the, the mm-hmm. type of, of vibe I want to have with TMP Live is, is that I want to find people from the community like yourself yes. and others that can come back on, on more on the regular just because, like, you talked about it. Like, having access to an audience. Like, I'm very thankful of all the people watching tonight, everyone that's Absolutely. given us likes, everyone sharing this up. Uh, we are fucking buried on social media. Vance, really? I don't even know if you fuck around with any type of social media at all. And how I've been trying to talk him into it. Yeah. Well, just so you know, Vance, if you come on to Twitter, dude, hit me up. I'll send you all kinds of doom metal and shit, dude, just yes. so you know. <laughs> the, the doom metal supply from Tom is wealth. It's, it's uh, just, dude, it's, I, how can you not like it? You know what I mean? Where it's at. Yeah. I, on, I've been man. really, I, I've, I've been, you know, hesitant. I really don't, you know, I don't, I'm not, you know, into texting and, you know, it's just, you know, I, 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 maybe I'll do it. I don't know if I get enough, you know, pressure, but. <laughs> I mean, if we promise no dick pics, are you in? Like, I just, you know, I just want to throw that out there. Come on, man. Step onto the dark side. Come tweet with us. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll see. I'll work on it. This is the Southern Lord in this social media. Involved on anything on the local level or fucking with the local government, you know, because I can get my That is What's what's better, Facebook or Twitter? They they each have their advantages. And what Harlot brought up was brilliant, though, because on a local level or on a smaller scene level, like if you're focusing on things like that, Facebook is a really good tool. I hate to admit it. But it really is. I hate Facebook. Oh yeah, it's it's. I call it flog because it used to be called life log. So I just combined the two. I don't really want to participate in any of that. You know, there used to be in the uh, like I guess 2004, or whatever it was called, uh, say anything. It was like a blog. But if you do it in mind channel. that the object is to fucking destroy it. Are you are you really doing wrong? <laughs> as an anarchist, no, Vance, you know, no, are you no. really doing wrong? Like that's the way I look at this fucking <laughs> shit. Like I fucking hate Elon Musk. Fuck that dude. You know, fuck his platform. Uh, they bury everybody. Every one of my friends is fucking buried. Even my former friends. Everybody is fucking buried. And and you know, and it sucks. It sucks because if you put any of us on a on a worthy platform where we can reach more eyeballs, we would fuck all these people up that are making those fat checks on Twitter and flouting it. Those little we, bitches. We, we would dominate, and that's why yeah. everybody that has any prominence is censored. Yep. Uh, I, I'll submit to the tyranny of the majority, and uh, I'll sign up. Okay. Yes, tyranny. I need like a clip from some type of sci-fi shit that there's like everyone's celebrating the tyranny of the majority. Give give us some some give us some options there in the chat if you can think of any. Yeah, we'll we'll take all the intro ideas so we can. Well, Vance, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't going to do any kind of social media either. And uh, Six was like, dude, you should probably at least do a Twitter page. And I was like, yeah. And, but yeah, it's kind of cool because now I get to share music with other people. And that's what I really like it for, just to post music and stuff and, you know, say hi. Like, there, like I've been talking to this dude, Smoke Signal. He's, I, I didn't know, I just found out he was from Oregon. So, Shout you know, out to I Smoke. Met, yeah. Love, love, and, yeah. Dude, 
and he posts all the the coolest little videos of squirrels all day long, dude. And I really enjoy that because uh, it takes my mind off of all the BS that's going on, you know. So I really appreciate that. Thanks, Smoke Signal, for putting Thanks, those. Uh, little, yeah. gotta escape somehow, brother. That's awesome. That's yeah. Shout out to Oregon, former yeah. Eugene resident. Oh shit! Go nuts, baby. The right. most best place ever lived in my life. Lived all over. Best place. Oh, is it? I Oregon's a great place, man. Just the politics is just dumb here. Uh, I lived oh, there well. in the '90s before it was crazy, but it, it, I, I could go. I could have a whole show on my experiences there. Um, definitely got an introduction to uh, let's just say different mindsets. <laughs> that'd be a good theme for things though nature is uh you know, when it comes to eras of things like i love music documentaries that talk about shit like that like music of the 60s music of the 70s like stuff like that but like you could do ones like oregon in the 90s and just like what that experience was like and had, talking about the culture from everything from the music to the food to the places to the hangouts to the drugs yeah. whatever like and just yeah. have it be an open conversation I, that would be fucking fascinating it, the Oregon Country Fair. Ah. One of the craziest things I ever walked, well, kind of staggered into. I wasn't drunk, but just fell into this. I was visiting there and we met a couple, I'll make it real short, a couple little little hippie chicks, right? We're at a brewery and they says, are you going to the Oregon Country Fair this weekend? I says, Man, what the fuck? I want to go to a damn country fair. I'm not, I, I support 4-H. I think they do, but they're just like, no, 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 no. That's not the word country fair. So next day, my brother and I went. And let's just say a third of the people at this event were on some type of hallucinogenic. The rest of us were on various other natural organic substances but it's an alcohol-free event. <laughs> My father-in-law has been to that oh, event a few times. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we, you've heard stories about it. Or, oh, okay, yeah. So you know, oh, you, yeah. You know, <laughs> I know exactly know. what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> the voodoo circle? Oh. I haven't heard the voodoo circle, but I've heard some other, some other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's an interesting little place, but enough about that. So we can... So Harlan, do you want to be found or anything like that? Do you want to communicate with people? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm communicating right now. I'm, I'm on uh, on Facebook, Harlan Stonewall, and I'm on Twitter also. I'm not as much on Twitter as I am on Facebook. Uh, speaking of platforms, uh, I'd like to you know tell everybody that uh, Free World FM is finally up and running. Angry yes. Tiger had her, his first episode tonight at 8 o'clock. I'm going to go back and listen to that. There's a lot of people going to be on there. Jason Barker at the Knights of the Storm. Uh, you know, a little bit of everybody, you know, around here in this community. <laughs> Billy Ray Bottom Time and Tony Arterburn. You know, it's their project, and they've been trying to get it going for the last couple of years, and now it's up off the ground and starting to dump episodes on there. Yeah, there's a lot of going to be a lot of good people on that, man. That's that's pretty exciting. Like he's got Wayne McCroy and Charlie Robinson yeah. on that. That was that's, I like. I couldn't remember the name of them. Pretty much anybody that you've heard around, you know, in this community, most of them is on theirs right now, and I'm say there'll be more, you know, as time goes on. 
Yeah, that's cool. So, Vance, are we going to get you to start a Twitter page or a, or a Facebook page? Uh, I guess one or the other. I don't know. You know. Well, I'll vote. <laughs> tweet, 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 tweet. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. All right. I mean, don't start that leveraging bullshit. You know, like like some woman. You know, I don't know. I'm a one. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, the whole one at a time thing. Yeah, if you can get one. Yeah. I don't know. It's like that. like I said, I don't. I don't really you know need. I'm not trying to be found or whatever, but I'll do it to, to, to hang out with you guys, you know, just for the music or what, you know, and all that shit. So, you know, uh, I, I'll do anything good for the music. Absolutely. I'll, I'll break, I'll, I'll break down and yeah, you know, it's, it's all about me, not them, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Well, speaking of breakdowns, we do a thing every Sunday now, and Tom has been a great con- uh, contributor to that as well. Um, it's called Heavy Sunday. So if you do get on Twitter, what we do is is that we drop our heavy metal albums of the week for people to check out on Heavy Sunday because everybody needs a form of escape and everybody needs something to listen to if you're out for a walk, if you're lifting some weights, you know, doing some shit around the house where you need some music to it because I'll find that I'll clean a fucking kitchen really fast. I'm listening to some speed metal or some shit. Uh, yeah, you put some origin on that's Mike Flores fucking bass lines. Fucking bass lines. Shit's clean real fast, man. Too much work for me. I, I can tell nature boys the same way. Nature boy ain't gonna get damn hurt to do nothing. Are you nature boy? Just like me. Oh, throwing some stuff. And that's metal. Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's makes people do crazy shit. Makes makes me get off the couch as I'm couch locked, and yeah, I'll clean the house and I'll fix my car. Don't get in a hurry or anything, are you? Well, it's kind of like speed without the drug. You know, so I was about to say auditory Adderall, like just yeah. like oh, cool. I love that auditory Adderall. <laughs> and where's where's that at six on Sunday? Where? Uh, on X on Twitter, yeah, it's Twitter. Uh, we right. we call it Heavy Sunday, yeah, and I'll t- I'll tag a bunch of people. So like, if you uh, just leave little notifications on for people that follow you or whatever, because I'll follow you, I'll just uh, I'll tag you in it every Sunday, so you'll know when it's when it's coming out. So you can check right. it out, and right. you can contribute your own albums. That's the cool part about this. We all get yes, to sir. contribute, just like at hardcore shows. We're putting the mic into the crowd. Everybody gets to grab the mic and fucking scream the chorus if they want to. Like that's, well, that's a lot. Kind of I, I tell you how I used to pick out music. You know, back when you know we had uh, albums before cassettes, and you know all that. You know, I'd go to the record store, and they'd have the cutout section, and and I'd start going through the 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 cheap albums. You know, they were all discounted. You know, three bucks or whatever, and and uh, even less, I guess sometimes. Uh, but and I would just buy stuff by the album by the titles you know by the you know the name of the band and i, I would just you know pick stuff and and like like uh primus came up earlier i got an album that i can't remember the name right now off the top of my head but it's kind of a you know early you know death metal kind of stuff that's uh, uh larry lalon the guitarist from uh it was his first album that he put out that was totally different than anything that he plays you know with primus it was like totally hardcore you know fast ass metal he he'd probably buy it from me if you don't got one but but uh, but uh, anyway so uh, like dream theater i bought dream theater 
when it just first came out, nobody had ever heard of them, and, it, and they just happened to have a little display of it. And I, you know, picked it up and looked at it and read the titles. And and the first Dream Theater album is like one of my favorite albums. At first, I didn't really get it at the time. It was like it was really the the dynamics and the you know it was real progressive, but it wasn't really my style. And and I really really appreciated it, you know. But then it was a few years later, you know, after their new albums came out, you know. Anyway. Uh, I, I, I'm all over the place on music and, and I, I like, you know, dynamic stuff that, you know, really, you know, makes you feel something, you know, whether it's vocally or, you know, musically and, you know, all the above. All yeah, I love John Petrucci, dude. I love John Petrucci from Dream Theater. Um, but I'll also, I'm big into Liquid Tension Experiment, though. His like, yep. little side project deal because I just love his tone. Uh, I own his signature wah wah pedal. Uh, it's it's the fucking best. He makes the best fucking shit. Um, I wish that that I could ever afford like one of his uh, signature Music Man models. Uh, I would probably yeah. just touch it and immediately just splooge. Just you know, <laughs> you know, E chord yeah. just. <laughs> You know, just done. Done for the evening. I have to take a nap. I, I played one at, at Guitar Center and, you know, 3000 bucks or whatever. It's oh, not, yeah. you know. It resonates not out in of your the... body cavity. It's it's fucked up. It's not you'd even go, real. You'd go, from a, you'd go from a major to a minor diminished in about <sighs> half a second. <laughs> That's what you're trying to say. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm into, I, I really am a guitar aficionado, but I like all, like I say, everything from Buck Owens. You know, I'm into all kinds of music that, you know, I like good music. I don't How care. How do you really feel about Al Miola, sir? Because Nature Boy. Oh, he, his... yeah, he was, Ooh, you know, Chick Corea, Chick Corea, all that, you know. I mean, I've, I've been a guitar aficionado since Hendrix, you know. I mean, you know, that, that, that was the same thing with when he came out with the uh, Axis Bold is Love, you know, Absolutely it was like did. that album was a, a whole one. departure from the one before, and I was like, what the fuck? And then it, and then Eddie I got it, you Kramer, know. Though, the producer, <laughs> Eddie Kramer, the producer on that shit, who also did like some of the early Jeff Beck albums, like, and, and which also are also just fucking mind blowing for guitar players to listen to. The best fucking production, man. Well, he Eddie did Kramer. The early Van Halen albums, right? Oh, the dude, yeah. And all that. yeah. yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. unbelievable. Hey, Shit. does anybody know who uh hung out a lot with Bill uh Jimi Hendrix? Uh Billy like Gibbons. Yes, sir. Yeah, Billy Gibbons, <laughs> dude. Yeah, that, that's Top. one of my dream interviews. Like if I could I, if I could just like wake up in a fucking dream interview and it's with any character of my choosing, uh, I would probably select Billy Gibbons. Like that would just be so fucking cool. And whatever yeah. the fuck he's smoking. Well, if you think about it, both of them are bluesmen. Oh, truth. Yeah. yeah. Bluesmen were cool. In the heart. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, and, and they were pushing boundaries, you know, kind of in the same, you know, area and both appreciated each other's, you know, take of it and all that. So that that's what a true artist, you know, does, in my opinion. You know? Absolutely. Oh, we got somebody in the chat that said they have a, they had a, at least a Burgundy Kramer. Beretta back Ooh. in the day. That's a bad Ooh. motherfucking metal guitar. You get shred with some of that shit back then. Yeah, those Kramer uh, guitars. They brought them back too. Pickup. They're back now. With Kramer's are back. Well, it's just a volume. Control all you, on I mean, it, depending yeah. on the style, all you really need is a bridge pickup. Come on, like you just. I mean, you can use that neck if you're playing anything cleanish. But if you're chugging, you don't need 
much else. <laughs> no, if, <laughs> if you shred, that's that's the pickup to have. But yeah. if you want to have a little versatility, you do need Indeed. some other pick, pickups to yeah. play a little bit of a rhythm or a lot of stuff. I like a single coil in the neck. Single coil in the neck. So like if you are going to switch those cleans, you get those little bluesy bloop, bloop, bloops with the notes. Because I love that Fender Stratocaster blues style, man. Give me some Buddy Guy shit, some Steve Ray Vaughn. Like tear my fucking heart out with that, that tone, dude. My um, strat dude. has a switchable pickup on the bridge position. So it's dual yeah. coil or single coil, and the rest Beautiful. of them are single coil. Yeah. Yeah. And you can kill that noise for tracks and production if you want to with that. Plus, it gives the balls. It's a little bit more lower. Oh, and yeah. I prefer using the, the, the double coil because yeah. uh, I can low end sound. You're like, yeah. type of a sound. That chomp. That chomp. I, I got the Ibanez with the you know, RG with the, you yeah. know, humbucker, two humbuckers in the single coil, and they're all splittable and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, yeah. and if you just got, you know, the, you know, you can just turn down the volume, you know, a little bit on the, the humbucker, you know, to get a cleaner sound if you're trying to, you know, yeah. do some clean stuff, you know, even with the little gain, you know, you just back that volume off and, it cleans it up pretty good so you know there, right. it, it it it's all there's so much electronics nowadays you can get you, know, you can get pretty good sound with just about anything you know? but nothing we'll beats. have to do a guitar episode i mean we're just gonna have to make it fucking happen because there's so I many have. guitar geeks out there that would probably in this community especially i would be amazed i know that we, our friend steve from am wake up is into the music uh, uh rant actually uh chris from Rantcast holy shit his l covid metal stuff i'll have i'll have to find links and, and send them to you really guys. uh oh he, yeah i, I like, know jimmy like, deluxe or jamie like deluxe metal like death really? metal vocals i oh, want to yeah, learn that i'm I into have... acacia strain and cattle decap yeah. and those kind of yeah. vocals so like mm, that boy. i, I want to learn how to play um metal metal i know how to play heavy metal judas priest iron maiden type of that 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 dark tone those minors with that specific strumming you know that gives that metal sound and i have it my nephew's esp custom mirage which ah, used to be mine in, in the closet and i'm dropping that off my strat on monday to my luthier to have him uh, do some electronics work on it and i want to get that thing back in that esp custom to my buddy's marshall amp you oh, don't yeah. need any effects you just plug uh, it straight in and it is like the marriage made in heaven um, it's the it's, magic to that i'll be i'll be straight up about it um what, get an overdrive pedal um and if you want something with like a more of a classic metal chunk to it mm -hmm. a rev r-e-v-v -V, uh g4 that pedal into the front uh, of a marshall or into the effects loop i mean really? love it will we'll, okay. uh into the effects loop is just the preamp itself so yeah. when you go into the effects loop all you're using is the power tubes of that marshall um, but it'll give it some warmth and character and everything and some harmonic. Yeah. But the preamp itself, like by using that type of preamp, you can get all that fucking distortion that you want from any level from like like Tampa death metal from like 91 and just yeah. scoop the fuck out of it in the EQ yeah. section to like almost animals as leaders stuff. But if you want that modern metal style, like with Rivers yeah. of Nile and animals as leaders and like all the and Meshuga. Then yeah. get the G3, the, the purple one. The purple G3 one is fucking amazing. Who makes it's it? really simple. Uh, Rev, R-E-V-V. -V. It's very purple inexpensive G3. on the used market, too, because pedals, right. I mean, you can get used pedals for like yeah. 7500 bucks, guys. You know, any, any yeah. book. 
budget guitar player out there look for pedals these days because they're so fucking clean sounding that you can use them in production yeah, like I've, you don't need to spend five thousand dollars on plugins. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have a basic pedal board. I have um a line six wireless system that has a little dongle. It's the coolest thing in the world, man. You just take the little dongle, plug it into the guitar, and it runs the signal path goes that into a sweet cream overdrive. And I use that if I'm doing clean, I turn down the the gain almost to nil, but it gives it a real warm, creamy sound. And then from there, it this it goes into my distortion box, which is Electro Voice. And I forgot the name of it. Then from there, it goes into a chorus that most of the time I turn off, or if I turn on, it's very subtle. Very, you know, I like subtleties in my, my sound, and then I have it going into an analog delay. And my, my signal path, I'm not one of those people that like turns up it, well, distortion, yes, but that's whole everything else is very subtle. Very, I love subtleties. I love, and when you don't really notice, but what you hear is this beautiful, clean tone come through, and the listener doesn't even notice that it's there. But if you turn all those off, oh, yeah. then they notice. It's and, a, it's that Vox AC thirty type of sparkle, you know, like you get yeah. a little bit of grit to it over that clean, and you yeah. blend the two. Yeah, and all you have to do is roll bigger. off the volume a little bit, right? And it's just clean, warm. And then if you crank it up, then on my Strat, then it breaks up just a little bit. Where you know, if I grind on the strings, I can get a, I can make it break up, or roll it off a little bit, get a clean tone, and then I can undo it. Take my Martin pop out the dongle, put it in my Martin, and I have a mini volume control, and I roll that off just a little bit because my Martin, the, I have a piezo pickup, and it's really harsh, really accurate. So I roll it off just a little bit. Oh, the fucking treble on that shit. Yeah, that'll that'll yeah. destroy eardrums. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> that'll murder a cat. Like a cat will just be like, fuck it, and explode. It will. <laughs> and I, I roll that off a little bit, then I run it through my sweet cream. And that's, you know, generally I'll turn down the gain even lower just to give it a, a warmer thing. And then I run it through my chorus and I have that thing on about the level control between the two, about 10%, maybe 15 if I feel bold. And then I run it into my EQ and just this warm, beautiful, full sound comes out. And for a person who doesn't play guitar well, it makes me do simple songs and it makes them sound pretty damn good. Not for me. It's just that tone. That's all it is, the tone. Hit one note with the right tone, and you can woo an audience for life. B.B. King proved that, by the way, gentlemen. And it's more oh, important no the notes you don't play than the notes that you do play. I had the chance to hear Lucille live on several occasions, oh, let me gosh. tell you. They're, they're, I mean, I've seen uh, people like uh, Neil Young with his old beat-ass Martin guitar, even oh. though he can go f fuck himself. Yeah, I still I still appreciate that guitar. So it's not the guitar's fault that he's a cunt. Yeah, but Martin, uh, some of those old, especially pre-war Martins, the ones that you'll pay eighty thousand, hundred, the whatever they go up. The tone, but the wood, the wood the absorbs tone. the fucking tone. Yes, That's the, the thing about it. It's unbelievable. My buddy it's, got this Fender, right? My best friend got a. He bought it at a used store. He he just one of these guys that just fortune shines upon this man. Right? I can't explain it, but it does. So he's at this music store, and he had an old Squire that was just a real piece of shit. I mean, I was like, Pfft. so he's in with his daughter, teenage daughter, and 
they had they left the music store and there's three guitars for choose from and his daughter who kind of inherited that fortune size of and says you want that guitar dad so he picked up he, he got it and it is a fender telecaster deluxe so it's a little different configuration with some neck on it and we haven't figured out the neck where it came from it has a special medallion on it the sound on that thing oh my god the tone the tone the first time i picked it up didn't do anything i just picked it up plugged it into his marshall the tone was perfect from just picking it up and there's all sorts of knobs to where you can find that sweet spot and i could tell from that guitar that wasn't in the sweet spot man that was just me picking up the thing and playing it so imagine if there were rules against that that you couldn't mod guitars like that right that you couldn't eddie van halen a fucking guitar together you know, that if there were rules in place in culture and society that just it was against the law, kind of like tearing the tags off of a mattress or something, you know, like that old trope. That calls just, for protests it, in the streets, brother. That's what I'm saying, brother. Like, okay, that's that's great. that's what we're talking about when you're talking about anarchist principles, right, Tom? Like, just like 100%, brother. <laughs> like, they don't, Fender and Gibson don't make the guitar we want. Guess what, bitch? We're making our own out of these two things and whatever else we can fucking find. And then yes, the sir. best story I've ever heard was how Brian May made his guitar with the fucking yeah. fireplace. Unbelievable with that. The amount of yeah. shit that guitar has done. In high school, that. he made it himself. He's also like an astrophysicist or something like yeah, that. He, he can is, also he go fuck himself over COVID. But, you know, at the same time, respect to the guitar. It's not the guitar's fault. Yeah, that's not bad. But a lot of people fell for the COVID, the, the COVID cult and we could have another show and quite oh yeah like we could do a list we should do a list of the amount of people that covid ruined for people like it just like like maybe do one of those countdown shows even which is really hard like it's really subjective (laughs) do a sudden death one just start checking off the celebrities that started dying from oh 2001 dude you know what we'd have to do it in brackets we would have to do some fucking brackets (laughs) brackets. i mean one show yeah yeah we'd have to bury the latest one he died oh, from drowning in a hot tub. Who the fuck dies from drowning in a hot tub when you haven't taken a drug Ooh, in over a decade? We'd have to have what different dies? leagues like that, different qualifiers. So we'd have to have yeah. like a de- like people that died from it league. <laughs> right? Not people with that it, took the vaccine it. died league. <laughs> it was time for Matthew Perry to fucking pay his soul. Oh, That's what great. happens when you when you sell your soul to the devil. He comes for Morgan's you, brother. In whichever form it is, <laughs> you all you ultimately have to pay the price. Yes, sir. Everybody pays the piper. piper. Everybody pays the piper. What hey, I just want to let uh, Northern Cardinal know that if we ever do, when we do do this uh, guitar show. You're welcome to come on, brother. If that's oh, what, anybody, if you yeah. liked it, yeah. Anybody in the community that's a guitar nerd, we want to hear you. Like this, absolutely. Is, you know, this is beautiful stuff, man. People are learning about all kinds of shit tonight, and I hope people appreciate that. I, I wanted to have a stream of consciousness conversation with these great people because I can bounce all kinds of shit off of all of them. So us coming together and doing this tonight, this was a great experiment, Tom. I'm I'm very thankful for it. If there's anything else anybody else wants to add before we wrap up, and then, then Tom, I'll turn it over to you to say goodnight to everybody as the cat seemingly jumps back on your shoulder, but not, and I fucking love it. If you just move over <laughs> slightly to your left, it looks like it's on your right shoulder, Tom. Oh, no, to your other left. There you go. There you go. Stage left. Stage That's left. That's Lucifer. Stage yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is Lucifer. All right, we are being joined Lucy. right now <laughs> by Lucifer. This is Saturday Night Anarchy. Also, Lucifer's show. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to thank, uh, um, uh, I want to really thank Free 
free thinker. She was in the chat trying to keep oh, things going and, uh, inter- you know, saying hi to people and stuff like that coming cool. into the chat. And also we had a, a new uh, lady in the chat uh, watching our show, Catherine. I've met her through uh, Dana. Um, she li- she also likes uh, the, the metal music. So I've been trying to get her to, uh, you know, put in some posts on Sunday or, and stuff like that. Kind of just like, hey, go ahead, put something in there, you know. Yeah. So she hasn't yet. But anyway, um, yeah. And I want to thank Northern, Car- uh, Northern Cardinal. Um, yeah. Thanks for I want to thank everybody. Thanks for coming and watching. I appreciate it. Um, we're going to try to keep doing this and just have a good time and. Yeah, you know, have a good Another conversation. Shout out to Way Cool Snoopy too for the yeah, Rumble him too. Absolutely. The we didn't even start yet, and you're already throwing out Rumble rants to us, brother. Yeah, we're and I'm gonna too. have him on too. Um, yeah. so at some point. Yeah. Another great mind from the community. That's that's absolutely. What we want here. That's what we want here on Saturday night. All of them. absolutely. Fuck yes. Talk okay, six. Um, right. uh, gentlemen, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Um, Nature Boy, we'll get you back on here real soon. And Harlan and Van Arkey, you guys are welcome to come on anytime you like as well. Um, we appreciate your input like too. It. Yeah. Thank you, Harlan. Appreciate it. And, and we'll catch yeah. y'all next time. Yes, sir. Absolutely, Harlan. It's, it's always great talking to you guys. All right. Tom, do you want to uh, end the stream tonight? Absolutely. Everyone have a good night. Be safe out there. And uh, we love you all very much. And have a good night. <laughs> All right. Is that the end of the stream? No, you just have to uh, hit the end stream button, which is the big orange button. 